And with me, as always, ringing in the new year, Caffeine Rage. On today's show, we will, of course, be discussing the games that we've played over the last couple of weeks. Fallout. Fallout 76 never changes. We've got a couple of news stories in that realm. We'll be discussing the Steam Best of 2018 list, taking a look back at 2018. We'll have a weekly Steam Community Corner, unless... or Steam. Fuck. We'll have our weekly community <laughs> corner, unless there's nothing there, in which case I'll cut this out, and we'll have our Steam weekly discovery queue. Timestamps will be in the show notes following their respective topics, and I'm off to a bang, uh, fucking up for the first time in 2019 on the podcast recording. I've already fucked up other stuff this year, but hey, what are you going to do about it? Well, look at it hey. this way. At least you've only screwed up all the recordings this year. That's right. I am at a 100% screw-up rate for 2019 so far. And I mean, you know, no one would have to know if I didn't call it out, but where's the fun in call, You know, not calling it out? I mean, I'll fix it in the recording, and then it'll just be me going on for like a minute now about how I messed up that thing for five seconds well, no, Maybe you should just leave it in uh, that way, uh, you know, you, you look like a fool, and there's a reason for it. <laughs> Maybe. We'll see how lazy I'm feeling. Uh, or actually how much time I have since we're recording an, a day late. Yeah, and um, I'm sure your just, uh, editing is going to be fun already. Yeah, it'll be fine. Uh, but yeah, just something ha- happened last night. We didn't get to record, so we're hitting it tonight. Which it kind of worked out. There were... Uh, we canceled Star Wars RPG for tonight, so I didn't have to like... Like, we'd already done that, so I didn't have to feel bad at being like, sorry guys, gotta cancel, gonna record the show, or to try and rush through it. Like, we didn't have to do either of those things, so here we are to start the year. So I think at some point we said the first show that we were gonna do back in 2019 was the VGL Awards. Yeah, but but uh, I blame myself. I got sick and I forgot to prep for it. I mean, you weren't the only one, sir. I got extremely sick, and I I still haven't completed my prep. I guess I did more than you did. But I'm still not done. Yeah, the so. only prep I have was from what I did throughout the year and just remembering a couple things because, oh, I had a headache for pretty much the entire weekend uh, to some yeah. degree. Uh, it was, it's one of those things that it wasn't debilitating. It was just kind of blah. And I still have a cough. So hopefully, you know, that's going to be edited out. But yeah, I'll, I'll do my best to get most of them. Not all of them. Yeah, and but I, do I mean, apologize. I. I also got sick. I had the flu, so that was no fun. I spent like the better part of four days, sort of shuffling between my recliner, the couch, and the bed, because as as you probably know, but maybe you don't, the one of the symptoms of the flu is your joints swell and uh, hurt, and I have back problems, lower back problems, so something that messes with my. Uh, that causes swelling and things like that just wrecks my back. So I could not be any more uncomfortable during that time. So I was like all over the place. 
Katie was like, why don't you just like stay in bed? I'm like, you don't understand, honey. My back hurts so bad. Like, you know that image of uh, the predator Mm -hmm. pulling out someone's spine? That's what my belt, my back felt like. Although you understand having, having pain issues, so. I don't really have to explain that G- too much. Gee, uh, explain uh, pain to someone that had chronic pain for years and years and years and years. And honestly, uh, it's down to more discomfort, but I think that's more just me getting used to it. No, I don't know what pain is like at all. Yeah. Or, well, or the you know, fact that a... I could, uh, if I'm not careful, I get back spasms bad enough to actually make me throw up. Yeah, that's pretty bad. So, so, so no, no, no idea what a, ba- a bad back's that's... like. That's an image on our our auditory <laughs> medium for for our audience right there. There you go. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, I guess just real briefly, like, did you have a, a pretty good Christmas? Good, good um, New Year? It was all, all right. Um, uh, honestly, Christmas kind of sucked for me, so I was just trying to distract myself from yeah, thinking about the day. But, mm. but that's more a personal level than anything else. Yeah. Uh, I had ups and downs, uh, during the holidays. Um, my, uh, well, there was a death in the family. No one that I was super close to, but it happened on Christmas Day, and it's someone that was close to my parents, and we were with my parents, so that sort of put a big damper on things during Christmas Day itself. But otherwise, aside from getting the flu, most of my time was pretty good. Got some time off work, played a lot of video games. Granted, a lot of that was Battletech, but, you know, I played some other games, too, so I'll be able to discuss. Plus, I played one thing in particular. Yeah, which that we'll was... be talking about in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm... Yep, you know a little something about that, don't you? Perhaps. Oh. So, yeah, we'll get to that, but... Uh, but, I yeah, hope... my games are very light just because, well, one illness, I have one that I'm about... Well, I'm not sure how far through, and I don't want to know. Um, and I dabbled on a few things during the Christmas break just because, you know, I was given a couple games from, uh, Jim gave me one just before the Steam uh, winter sale, but I'm counting that anyway. Uh, and Cube, uh, pretty, it sounds like he gave pretty much everybody Planet Coaster. <laughs> yeah, I definitely got Planet Coaster from Cube. I got some games from, from some other folks too. And, uh, oh, that was I all I got. Say thanks. So. Thank you to everyone who sent me a game for Christmas. Um, I did my annual sort of Christmas time giveaway, and I just sort of randomly gave gifts out to to people, except oh, for the one that I, I gave you. That oh, one was oh, intentional. Wait, wait I, I nearly forgot about that. I hadn't actually fired that up yet because I was wanting to do Battlefleet uh, Gothic Two. Yeah, but but I mean, but, you know, yeah, Battle uh, Star Galactica, uh, Deadlock. Yeah. Yep, Which yep. maybe that would be a better intro to the uh, that type of game. It's uh, essentially space chess. Yeah, I bought that for myself too. I believe it said it had co-op, so I was hoping that was something we could play, you and I could play together. Well, I have to look into that then. But I haven't looked at it yet. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I just did my thing where I give out games to people randomly. Um, I did just like a random picker, uh, put in everyone's name from the our Discord server, and then a few extra from people that actively chat with me on Steam from time to time, uh, and just picked some people off of there and gave them gifts. So if you didn't get a gift from me this year, 
uh, and maybe you've like got one in the past. I I promise I wasn't trying to offend, but the list has grown pretty large for the people that chat with me on the show, and I unfortunately like don't have enough money to just give games to everyone unless it's like, hey, here's a ninety nine cent thing for everyone. So I just did a, a random random picker, except for you. Yours was <laughs> intentional rage. Well, uh, thank you for it. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't send you anything back on Steam, but you know why, and we'll get to that in a little bit. I do know why. I do know why. So, But um, before we get to that, how about uh, one game that I played enough to be able to talk about, which is also on your list, Homeworld Remastered. Indeed. So, yeah. Um, this was a not- little bit of a just kind of co-op messing around night uh, with us. Uh, just... You basically trying to get me hooked on it, and I will say that it is a very interesting game. It's at least the multiplayer mode. I didn't dabble in the single player. It's essentially just a arena, almost brawler with uh, giant fleets with some base building, but not as much as a traditional uh, RTS. It's a very well, uh, here's a, a modifier uh, that's uh, completely unnecessary. A very unique game. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, actually, yeah. in terms of, like, RTS, even space RTS, there's not very much like Homeworld. Yeah, and I hadn't uh, played it at all, and I hadn't played the tutorials, but I think I was starting to get the grasp of it. The only thing that was really eluding me was the proper rock, uh, rock, paper, scissors aspect of it. You know, what type of ship beats what type of ship beats what type of ship. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I was able to build things. <laughs> yeah, you. I mean, you did fine. Um, we did two-on-one uh, against the computer for a while. And uh, the first... Which, let's be, I mean, let's be honest. The first uh, few uh, times, it was uh, basically one and a half on one. Yeah, but I mean, you know, that was fine. I've I've played the game a bunch, and so I knew what I was doing, and if you got in trouble, I was going to protect you, but I basically was letting you learn how to play, and if you had questions, I was answering them to the best of my ability. But uh, I think I was able yeah, to I figure mean, out things fairly well on my own. You did. I accidentally didn't put battle cruisers in the first match, which was sad, but that was okay. We were fine. Um, and then after that, I made sure to put them in, because one of the modifiers in multiplayer is uh, no battle cruisers. But, yeah, I mean, Homeworld is... Uh, a three-dimensional space RTS, so you know, oh, it's ver- 2D, verticality isn't it? is important. No, it's it's three uh, dimensions. Uh, well, so you can go up and down. Well, I was playing it on the tactical map the entire time, so it was basically you know the ocean the entire time. Yeah. Um, no, I mean that's so that's sort of like playing it the way you were playing it is kind of like the sort of basics, I guess, because you know it's space. So you can come in from above, you can come in from below, you can set up multiple, you know, passive ingress or egress mm-hmm. onto your opponent. Um, and and I we're do fighting know that like it a really also easy allows computer, for uh, targeting of subsystems a lot easier if you, uh, you know, get into the belly of a, a fleet then. Yeah, you can't do any like really in-depth, like you can't target subsystems from the tactical map. Yeah, well, but, I, I mean, was generally, out, but, but you know, most of my uh, management was uh, being handled from the tactical map. Yeah, but if you pay attention, or if you take a look at the maps, um, most of them that get above, like, the three- or four-player maps, there are resources above and below sort of the uh, 
the middle plane of the map. Um, so you can go harvest resources at other places away. There was, I, I mean, I can't remember the, the names of any of the maps. They're just basically different skyboxes to fight in mm-hmm. with the resources being in different locations. But um, there was one map we played, and I had sent an entire fleet down to the bottom of the map to harvest all the resources. And I just had a carrier down there with some fighters and stuff protecting in case the uh, the computer came down there to try and get them. But typically, until you turn the difficulty up on the AI, they sort of play just around the, the center plane as well so yeah which i was starting to uh, get a grip on proper uh, defensive measures i was uh, basically grabbing the center in the last couple of maps and just start spamming out uh, gun points or uh, gun platforms yeah. <laughs> yeah that's something that a lot of people ignore actually is the gun platforms but they're really useful i mean they're not going to take down a fleet you know gun platforms yeah, but they versus a fleet of yeah but they buy you time and the ai likes to attack them and then a player if a player ignores them they'll chip away at their fleet so turrets are are good gun platforms are good but i would encourage you to go if if you like the multiplayer i would encourage you to play the single player campaigns um from gameplay mechanic perspectives there's not very much difference now between homeworld one and two because the remastered version takes both of them and puts them in the uses the style from Homeworld Two, and just updates the engines and the the, the game engines and the graphics. Um, but they both play nearly identically. The main difference between Homeworld One and Two, aside from aesthetic purposes, um, and a few very minor details, like in Homeworld One you have to have research ships, mm-hmm. whereas in Homeworld Two there's just a research module that you build onto one of your capital ships. Like some minor differences like that. Mm-hmm. The biggest thing is how the fleet handles. Um, Homeworld 2 automatically, like, if you build, like, a fighter, for example, you get a squadron of five fighters that pop out. Whereas in Homeworld 1, each fighter builds individually, but you can take them and put them in a combat group, and then they behave like they're a squad. And you can do that with things like, uh, frigates and cruisers and stuff. Those are, that's really the two main differences. Otherwise, it's aesthetics. Um, the games handle the same otherwise. So, I mean, you you could start with one or two, but you're going to be pretty confused from a story perspective if you start with two. But I thoroughly enjoy them. They have excellent storytelling, um, excellent voiceover. The music is amazing. Oh, my God. That soundtrack is wonderful. Um, some very original storytelling. Um, uh, there have been things since that have copied it. So since you've never played Homeworld, you might be like, huh, this is weird. It's just like X. But Homeworld is one of sort of the originals when it comes to this type of of sci-fi storytelling. Yeah, that's the problem with going back and playing games that originated things is that the reason why they became, you know, that cult classic or, you know, that uh, forerunner in whatever genre or field is that they innovated. But then because games copied later on, it's not as amazing to go back and play the originator. So we're like going back and playing Half-Life 2 and seeing all the little physics puzzles. Back in the day, that was fucking mind-blowing, but now, eh. Right. But storytelling is still great. I mean, I love the story of Homeworld 1 and 2. Love me some sci-fi. So, I mean, they are great games all around that I recommend for 
a whole bunch of reasons. And I know that there's some other people in the community who play. Um, I have played with both Ghost Shark and Cube. Um, so maybe once you get a little more familiar, we could do a Homeworld game night. Uh, do some. We'd probably just would probably be best to just stick to AI battles. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be I interested have, in uh, PvP. <laughs> I have the most experience. I don't know if I could like wipe the floor with you guys, but there would be definitely some skill disparity that would make it hard to balance a team out properly. So, or probably just do like four v four human no, no. versus AI. Well I, well, I did have one idea. Okay. Uh, three on one. Oh, I couldn't. I couldn't win three on one. I just like you could just overwhelm me. Well, that's like, the point. They're, they're, I know, but like, a, yeah, your team could just overwhelm me. I mean, I'd go for it. I'd do it once. I'd do the rush protection. That way, I could get at least a chance to get some stuff going. But I suspect I would just get swarmed. But I mean, I'd do it. Why? You know, why not? Um. But yeah, I don't yeah, have I don't... a lot to talk about Homeworld because I don't have the history with it. It was just that was the one game that I spent enough time on because I'm playing through a particular clicker game, but I hit the twist on it and haven't been able to really sit down and do any more with it because I've been doing my spring cleaning, you know, in the dead of winter. Because, you know, of course that makes sense. I think my Absolutely. clock's running fast. <laughs> well, actually, there's well, no reason I... for me doing spring cleaning now, but. Don't want to get onto that in the show because it right. has personal reasons. Even though I'm right. sure Jared's very interested in why now. And I'll probably be grilled wink. on that after the fact. Wink, wink. Um, and I, I, I know which clicker game you're playing. And yeah, <laughs> it's it's good. It's real good. Yeah, and I'm cheating um, like a motherfucker in it. Yeah, I talked about it on the show once before, but that was sometime last year. I don't know when. Earlier in the year, I think. Yeah, but uh, isn't it amazing how I'm able to click exactly 100 times a second in perfect uh, uh, timing while watching uh, Kick-Ass? I know, you're so fast. Just, like, mind-blowingly fast. Um, okay, do you want me to talk about my other two games uh, real quick before we talk uh, about yeah, the big thing? Okay, so uh, following the theme of Homeworld, one of the games that I bought during the winter Steam sale for myself was Homeworld Deserts of Karak, which is sort of the prequel. Um, one of the big deals in the first Homeworld was uh, the people trying to get off of their planet because it's dying, um, and they discover something in the desert that leads to them to developing hyperspace travel. Um, and that's sort of the basis for where the story begins for the first Homeworld. But they never really go into it. They're just like... Uh, Vague, sort of vague storytelling. They imply that there's like some kind of war going on, but this discovery, you know, sort of like a war for the last resources. And this discovery was some, enough to prompt everyone to unite as a species and work on saving them themselves. Uh, and this goes back and tells the story of how they discovered the hyperspace core. So I like that from a lore perspective. That was something that was left open and several of the original developers from Homeworld uh, headed up this dev team, and they did a good job helming it. Um, unless I haven't beaten the game yet, so I suppose it could go off the rails towards the end, but it follows the story of the... What is this? The One of the grandparents 
of a character from the original Homeworld who's extremely important, but I won't spoil in case, you know, anyone, someone's never played it and they want to play it. But it's a grandparent of one of the, an, an extremely important character from the first Homeworld and how she is a part of this team that's going out into the desert to track down whatever it is that they found. Uh, and it's a traditional, you know, air quotes, traditional 2D RTS. Uh, so it plays on a flat plane. Um, you do get air units so they, you know, they can fly around and do stuff, but you know, it's, you're in the, the giant desert planet. Um, cause that's, you know, the planet is a, a dying planet. Uh, all of the vegetation or most of it's gone. A lot of the water is gone. So it's just a giant desert. And it's very fun in the way that they treat everything like naval units. Like, they still use naval terminology. So you, uh, like, your main thing is a, a giant land carrier. So it's got, like, f- massive tracks underneath it and an airfield on the top. And it's just, like, a huge base driving around in the desert. And you've got cruisers, which are, you know, smaller, but still very large uh, tracked vehicles that serve as, like, support and defense units and where your resource harvesters can go. Um, there's references to lots of stuff from the first game, but the way they handle it is not in like, in like, Ooh, look at what we're referencing. We're so cool. We've got an Easter egg from the first game. Like it's stuff that just shows up. And these people are like, we don't know what this is, but you know, it's something we can use. And so it, it just gets sort of naturally folded into the story in a way that makes sense. It's handled very well. So the storytelling is awesome. Um, very homeworld esque. Um, again, you can tell that there are, you know, some of the original developers behind this game. The soundtrack is very reminiscent of the homeworld games, but still unique in a way that's difficult to describe. Um, music is not necessarily my forte when it comes to, you know, walking someone through, but like I heard the, the, the music for the game when I opened it up and I was like, oh yeah, this is definitely homeworld, but it's not like it's copying anything from the previous games. So I guess it matches the style and the tone, but it, it's its own unique spin on it, uh, and they handle it very well. Uh, gameplay, the campaign so far has been good. Um, you know, it's a, a scripted campaign. I, I wouldn't say it's, I mean, it's, it's a real-time strategy campaign, so it's not like it's like linear, you know, you have objectives to accomplish, but, you know, you can go about them however you like, uh, it does. It, it is more homeworld in the sense of like, okay, so you're not building a base or bases. Your sort of vehicles or you know ships act like more of the base than just plopping down structures. Um, but there's still ways to turtle and things like that. And, you know, progress slowly through maps and things like that. So you get choices on how you want to handle situations for the most part. Um, the AI is kind of dumb. For story mode, that's fine because you know. There's scripted events. Um, what's happening sort of makes sense. It puts you in positions where that it sort of, I don't know if it hides the dumbness of the AI or it's not, you know, it, it's not too apparent. But you go to skirmish mode and you just go to fight and the AI is real dumb. You can pretty easily bowl them over until you turn the difficulty up really high. And I mean, you know, a, whenever you turn the difficulty up on AI in lots of games, they just cheat. And like, this is what that is. Just like cheating turned up really high. But even then, they don't cheat in a way that's smart. So in skirmish mode, if you uh, turn the difficulty up, um, they're coming at you with like all kinds of advanced vehicles real fast. But if you set yourself up in a decent enough defensive position, you can turtle your way to an appropriate 
you know, high enough strength and then you can still just beat them. So that kind of sucks. But honestly, like the campaign is where this has been at for me. And like I said, it just, it nails it. They nail the story. They nail the feel and the atmosphere of the homeworld universe, I guess is the best way to say that. And, um, I really like it. So it, if you're a fan, uh, of the homeworld games and you really care about the lore and you want to learn more about the backstory of this world and sort of how the the pride of Higara came to be, then you will like this. If you're looking for a really good strategy game that is sci-fi based or sci-fi themed, um, there could be something to offer for you if you get it on the Steam sale, but it doesn't have a lot of replayability, so you might want to consider another game. So, that is how I feel about Homeworld Deserts of Karak. Uh, I, when I beat it, I guess I'll report back if it's, like, real bad or if it, like, does something bad. But I'm, like, I looked up, like, all the missions. I'm, like, two-thirds of the way through the game already. So, I, I don't think yeah. that's going to happen. Yeah, it was a fairly short game, wasn't it? If memory serves yeah. correctly. Yeah, it is pretty short. Um, I've played it for, how long have I played it for? Eight hours? Nine hours? Don't look at my Steam library. Uh, oh no, I've only played it for like five hours. Like I said, it's pretty short. Yeah, it's it's short, but it's good. I like it. I will actually one thing it doesn't do that the other Homeworld games did do. So the original Homeworld games did this sort of adapted difficulty, and whatever like your fleet carried over from mission to mission, and whatever you came in at sort of gave the AI a baseline of, like, where they should start so that missions aren't too easy or too difficult. This does not do that. Deserts of Karak doesn't do that. So everything in, in that sense is much more scripted. So I haven't... I don't think I've ran into anywhere that's an issue. I don't know if, you know... I don't know if some of these missions would be more difficult if I didn't come in with all of the stuff that I already had, or if they would be easier, or if it's just like I'm pretty familiar with RTS, pretty good at them. Uh, but I, I don't know how much that affects the gameplay. But, I mean, you can individually set the difficulty for each mission, so if you feel like it's too easy, I guess just turn the difficulty up on the missions and, and see how that goes. But I felt like normal has been pretty pretty good. So, I mean, there have been a couple of missions I failed because I couldn't, like, complete the objective in time or properly or something like that but for the most part that hasn't been an issue uh and then the other game that i played once again battletech i don't have like, right, hang on, I'm, not <laughs> I'm not going like super in-depth or anything um what i did do was i wanted to get a bunch of screenshots from the painting style cutscenes from the campaign mode um and there's i couldn't like find them online like i mean there's let's plays and stuff but most people's let's plays have got their camera in it or you know all kinds of stuff over the screen overlays or something like that so i just went you know what i want to play through the campaign anyways and see if they've made any major changes to it outside of just the changes that come from the game and i'll get all these screenshots um and they have added new stuff uh in in terms of like new new paintings or, or new artwork new cutscenes, things like that i mean it's not a ton um, I mean, you would never notice if you hadn't played through the campaigning as many times as I have. Uh, but there are differences there. 
Uh, and it was nice. It was nice to see that they um, just went back and added some more of those beautiful paintings, painting style artwork. Like It was great. I loved it. There also, they added some more animation to them. I mean, like nothing like crazy. You know, some of them had animations of like explosions and stuff anyways. But there were more little touches and flourishes. Uh, and that was really nice. Um, they ha- And they did tweak the difficulty rise a little bit so in the campaign whenever you complete main story missions or certain main story missions they're like milestone missions and it raises the difficulty on all of the planets that you can go to so you get higher level missions Um, that was not quite as brutal but I mean you still had mostly four and five skull planets by the time you're finished with the campaign mode so that was kind of frustrating but I mean they do have career mode and you can mod it to be whatever you want it to be so, not no no major worries there. But I mean that's that. I don't have anything extra to add for BattleTech. Just more sweet cutscenes. So back to me. Yeah, back to you. Tell us about that last thing you did, Rage. So you got a, you got a bit of a tale to spin. <laughs> well, this story actually starts in 2016 because I had a plan. I wanted to surprise you. And unfortunately, I wasn't able to do it that year or, well, uh, 2017 because, yeah, life happened. So right. I decided I wanted to blindside you with something. And uh-huh. you've mentioned a few times how you wanted a little retro gaming machine. And I sorted that away. And I started buying things piecemeal. And I decided to tease you a little with it because it wasn't going to be as much fun if it just happened, you know, on Christmas Day. Right. Although it would have been plenty of fun still, if I'm honest. No, it wouldn't have been as much fun for me. So I started teasing you with that I was working on a big project, especially as it started rolling more and more into my gaming time because... I kind of went overboard on programming this thing. I think we could agree on that one, right? Yep, you went pretty far. So as it was cutting more and more to game time, and it was going to be apparent that I was up to something, I decided to say, oh, I'm I'm just under NDA. I can't talk about it. And a story grew up uh, that actually you kind of fueled that I was working on some major secret project uh, some major gaming thing that I wouldn't be able to talk, to talk about for another like week or two from now. But what I was really doing was building a Christmas present. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You played that really well. Because, I mean, like, you know, it's not like you, like, lie to me or anything. And, I mean, so I, you were, like, like teasing this stuff. And I'm like, oh, I, you accidentally, like, let it slip. I think I know what the thing is. And you just, like, rolled with it perfectly. <laughs> And I was like, don't worry, I got you covered. I edited out of the show. No one will ever know that you let slip the the game that you were playing. It's a good thing uh, you didn't have me on camera for that, because I just had this giant shit-eating grin that you bought that hook, line, and sinker. <laughs> I totally did. I totally did. Oh, And the entire time... The retropod that I was building was literally sitting on my desk. (laughs) Um, I've been building a... Well, 
This was uh, in an SNES uh, case. A retro gaming machine for you and your family for Christmas. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, like I said, I'm, it was apparent that it was going to eat into time too much for me to hide it completely. So, you know, I kind of let you fuel the story in that one, you know. <laughs> and just kind of uh, added little details, you know, talking about a really strict NDA, which... To be fair, I was being strict with myself on my NDA, so, you know, that is true. <laughs> technically true. <laughs> the best True form from of a co- certain point of view. Uh, I was technically correct, which is the best form of correct. Indeed. And my NDA would have been on the correct day for our first normal recording as well. But, okay, I screwed that up about forgetting that we were doing the BGL Awards this week. Uh, originally so but yeah I I was rather proud that I blindsided you that much the fact that I dumbfounded you yeah you did (laughs) you a hundred like I was I think like I mean I knew that you were giving me a present like Katie well I was pretty sure I knew she didn't confirm but she like was teasing me a little bit like I mean we tease each other about like stuff like this because it makes it more fun for us and she was like, oh, yeah? Well, I know that you're getting a Christmas present, and you're never going to, like, figure it out. And I was, you know, I was I was like, well, you know, after, like, I talked for a while. I mean, I'm really good at reading, like, body language and stuff. I was like, it's going to be, like, it's, it's from Rage, isn't it? And she was like, I'm not telling you. But I'm, I was like, okay, I know he's getting me a present. But I had no idea what it was going to be. <laughs> and then, like, she goes and she, so on Christmas, well, it was Christmas Eve. She goes and she gets this thing out, and she's like, here's a present. And I'm like, this is from Rage. It's definitely from Rage, and I I thought that, it, well, I, I originally didn't know what it was going to be. I kind of suspected because of a conversation that we had had, as in, like, my family talking about retro video games that day. Mm-hmm. I thought, ah, it's going to be SNES Classic or PlayStation Classic or something like that. Um, And I opened... Well, the, well, well no, no, no. First for, of all... Yeah. <laughs> go ahead. Uh, no, go ahead. You, uh, from your perspective. So, for... So first of all, like Katie goes and then she gets you like she gets you on Skype. So now I know what you look like. That honestly, secretly deep down, that was like the best part of uh, the, 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 I know the Yeah, the, look, yeah, like the look on your face whenever you saw me. <laughs> yeah. But um anyway, so I was that obviously confirmed like, okay, this is from Rage. So then she's like, Yeah, you were talking about this yeah, stuff. Yeah, originally today, I wasn't so supposed to it. be there. That was uh, kind of playing it by ear because I was being told that you're being given it that night. Uh, so yeah, I, you know, I uh, originally you were supposed to sit there and try to puzzle out the name tag, <laughs> right? So I opened it up and I did because I mean you got it in a you got a case for the whole thing that looks like an SNES. So like I open it, I'm like, aha, SNES Mini, and you're like, no, look at it. And I'm like, oh, oo oh. and then like it dawned on me what it was, <laughs> and I was fucking. Sp- Speechless. <laughs> like I was. Uh, what gave it away that it w- wasn't what you thought it was originally? The memory card sticking <laughs> out of the side. Um, yeah, I spent a few extra bucks on that case for a safe shutdown feature and the fact that you could access the memory card from the outside. Yeah. So that was. Uh, I was. Yeah. <laughs> I was pretty speechless. It was great. Um, so what it is that he got me. Was a Raspberry Pi uh, with uh, what's the 
Uh, well, let's the, see if I can remember the entire list. Uh, the t- OS or? Uh, it's RetroPie. RetroPie. And it has lots of stuff on it. Uh, several different uh, let's Atari see. consoles, uh, let's the uh, Nintendo well, consoles, Ata- Sega there's stuff. There's Atari, the three uh, versions of Atari, which one of them is only partly functional. I, I, I just couldn't figure out uh, what it was doing wrong. I think it's uh, writing the setting file incorrectly and I couldn't get it to behave itself. So I left it yeah. on there just to toy around with. NES, SNES, Sega Master System, Sega Genesis, or Se- Sega, uh, the original Sega console, the Sega Genesis, Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advanced. Mm-hmm. And I think that's it. But uh, that's eating up only half the memory card. Yeah, I I didn't, like, I just sort of scrolled through. I don't know if you have the exact number, but I was, like, this has got, like, 3,000 games on it or more. Um, I don't have the exact number, but uh, that is pretty much complete libraries on all of those consoles. Yeah. And so the it, fact that I was pulling... No, 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 no. Here's why it took so long. Was I was going through and I was pulling all the duplicates, all the hacked games. Actually, I discovered a few things about the SNES that's really interesting. It seems like in China, it was actually used to distribute porn or uh, to bootleg porn. So I had to pull. Fancy. So I had to pull some porn. Uh, 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 actually, porn. Um, uh, just photo galleries, which was weird yeah that's probably good since it's a family present I, yeah you know that's why it took so long was, don't want I, my kid well, to see the porn at this age that's why it took so long was i was going through manually file by file and for some of those consoles it was a few thousand files at least i think the uh uh, the Game Boy Advanced was more like 5,000 files overall. And because the way the uh, archive that I had for, to basically just mass dump the ROMs and then start going through them, it took me ages to do. Oh. Yeah. So, does it have Famicom on there? Uh, uh, well, uh, uh, I decided to go just North American releases, but it does have the Famicom gotcha. uh, emulator on it. Okay. But honestly, the difference between Famicom and NES is very minuscule. Yeah, and, and I think just, there are and, a few games. Yeah, it would just been you know uh, Japanese releases. I focused mostly on uh, North American releases if there was uh, multiple versions. Gotcha. Unless there was some uh, reason to do otherwise. Gotcha. So let me let me talk about a few things <laughs> experience wise here with this so far. Um, it, well, that wasn't the only thing in the box. Oh, no, there was other stuff, too. You sent me two controllers with extension cords. Um, yeah, uh, and, and the controllers weren't all, bad quality. I mean, they weren't amazing, but they were good enough. Yeah, they're they're pretty good uh, after using them for a while. They're pretty good. Um, and then you sent an HDMI cable and then obviously, like, the power cord for the, the Raspberry. And then you also sent us some candy and socks. <laughs> Yeah, the, I yeah. Originally, happy. I was just going to stuff more a straw in it because this was being sent by mail, so you know I had to have some sort of padding material in it. And the case was rattling around in the box a little bit, uh, so you know I was trying to figure out you know how to make this uh, you know pretty solid in there. 
because that I did not want that thing to break in transit. <laughs> I had the yeah. backup file of uh, the card, so you know if things went poorly, I could have just sent you that. But that's a thirty gig file because it dumps the entire memory card. Yeah. Uh. And that thing also gave me so much trouble. Let's just put it this way. The cooling fans on that thing, which it does have cooling on it, by the way. Uh, it, they, FedEx lost that package for a while. All right. Okay. It went from uh, Salt Lake City to Chicago to Salt Lake City to Chicago. And I'm just sitting there watching the tracking thinking, what the fuck are they doing? <laughs> because I had the thing apart because uh, without the cooling fan it wasn't overheating but it was getting a little uh, in the iffy zone because I left in all the uh, uh, management software yeah the FTP server still running on it whenever it boots up so you could just reboot into it, it, it and it has Wi-Fi by the way and I did enable yep. Wi-Fi but I didn't uh, put my credentials in because it's easier to just plug a Ethernet cord into the side of it. Uh, it has Bluetooth, which that's what I was using most of the time was my <laughs> game, my uh, DualShock Four with the the chat pad on it. That that turned out to be really handy, by the way. <laughs> yeah, uh, but because of the heating issue, I decided to put a cool, uh, yeah, a cooling fan in it, and I was just watching this thing well circulate <laughs> between a couple of distribution hubs for a while. It was rather frustrating. That ended up adding a few days to my build. But yeah, it's just, it turned out to be an interesting little project. Uh, the case that I was using is the Retroflag uh, SNES case. And I would say it's definitely, a, I agree with Amazon, it's definitely a good four-star case. There's some quirks about it. If you try to pull that Raspberry Pi and you do not remove the memory card, it will destroy that memory card. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. And also, if you ratchet down the uh, thing too much, it actually kind of seals the case. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, if you pull it apart, do not uh, uh, screw down the screws all the way. You know, get them uh, yeah, decently tight, but not too tight. And also, if you okay. screw it down too tightly, the door on the side will go back on. <laughs> I found that out. But, yeah, it's it's good. I like that it act like the little power switch and everything on the... Yeah, that's why I went for it. There, the console power switch actually turns it on and off. and on. That's uh, neat. Nice little touches like that. Because, well, I mean, it doesn't well, have to. Well, no. It, you know? uh, well, most of the ones like that do. But that particular case has a script built into it. That... If you noticed, whenever you turn it off, it doesn't you know, just immediately power off. You'll see it go through a proper shutdown sequence. Yeah. That's uh, uh, the case itself. That's not RetroPie. That's why I chose that. That's why I chose that case. Well, that's good. And that took me a couple cool. hours to get installed because that's an additional thing that I did. Like I said, I spent a, a lot of time planning this. You did. You done. You done did good. You did good. It's been a hit. Um, you know, we hooked it up that night to... Well, that's my... why I included all the cables, was I was expecting it to be used. Yeah, we hooked it up that night to my parents' massive TV, which was a problem because the TV was too big. So even with messing with the settings on the TV and changing the aspect ratio and everything, it's like an 80-inch 
TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So everything looked kind of bad. Um, yeah, and but, I don't I mean, have a I, lot. I know that's... Yeah, and I don't have the filters turned on. Only part of the overlays are turned on because some of them required uh, customizing the viewport. Yeah. Which I realized that, okay, changing this is a pixel value. So I'm, I was actually hooking it into my primary monitor to be able to work with this. So, yeah, yeah me uh, setting it up on a 1080 display will not work if you do something that's above or below 1080. So that's why only part of them are on. Yeah. But so, I mean, we played we played for a long time that <laughs> night, like three or four hours. And then the next day was Christmas, did Christmas stuff. We came home. It sat for a couple of days because I was trying to figure out, like, how am I going to put this in my entertainment center? But I got to go back to work and in-laws are coming and all that jazz. Um, and then finally I was like, you know what? We need a splitter. It's not really going to go on in the living room until we get a splitter or we decide to rearrange some stuff. And Katie was like, well, I mean, we have been talking about like redecorating and rearranging some stuff. So, you know, after everyone's gone, we'll, we'll deal with that. So I hooked it up on the TV in my office, which is a, just a 32 inch TV. And most of those problems went away because the TV's smaller. So, you know, messing with the aspect ratio and then the game, you know, turning on some of the overlays and stuff. Yeah, um, which the entire helped. set of the uh, overlays is on. It's just, or, or is on the thing. It's just, they're not enabled. Yeah, so, and you know, messing with that helped a lot. Um, and we played it some, and then I caught the plague. Uh, so we didn't we didn't play it for a while. And now I've got it unhooked and ready to go into the living room because I bought an HDMI splitter that was supposed to be here today, but it didn't come today, so I assume it'll be here tomorrow. And I will hook it up in the living room tomorrow or this weekend, maybe. Yeah, the only annoying thing was that the uh, cord on the uh, power supply is pretty short. But there wasn't much I could do about that one. Yeah, that's not so bad. But that's also uh, the recommended power supply for RetroPod because uh, some of them are a little underpowered and causes issues. Yeah. So, But I I mean, playing it has... Playing it has been great. Um, ran into a few problems. So the controllers you sent yeah. with it uh, are yeah, the, yeah, NES, uh, uh, SNES. SNES style Yeah, and I know the Sega stuff doesn't quite match up, but I had the drop space. Right. Well, I mean, I think the SNES controllers are perfect to go along uh, yeah, yeah. with the, it. They, they looked too good to pass up. Yeah, and I've got... And, and also, they weren't that expensive and, as well. Yeah. But I've I've got a couple of Bluetooth controllers I'm going to hook up and do some mapping with to play, like, the Sega games and stuff that don't match up properly and, and sort of get that sorted out. But I – so, I mean, because of that, we stuck to NES, SNES, and Game Boy titles. And we had a blast. We played – Yeah, you did save the, the page last sent that had all those shortcuts, right? Yeah. Okay, just making sure. Yep, yep. But, uh, yeah, we had a blast. We played F-Zero, the the original F-Zero. We played some uh, of The Lion King. Dad wanted to play that because when I was a kid and actually had a Super Nintendo, uh, that was a game that we had that we played when I was kids. So Dad, like, wanted to play that with me again, and that was sweet and nice. A little weird because Dad doesn't usually get, like, into feelings and stuff, but (laughs) it was good. Uh, but so the fact that, that I sent him on a field trip, that's something. Yeah. Um, we played a bunch of the different 
older, you know, Mario titles. Oh, yeah. Going through um, some of those uh, was quite the nostalgia trip. <laughs> yeah. We messed around with just, like, tons of games. Like, I've never played this before, so let's try no, this. That's so why I threw the entire before, library at you. Yeah. Um, because, you know, uh, just, sure, I could have, you know, sent, uh, honestly, changing out the memory card uh, uh, size wouldn't have saved that much. Because that that was like the first thing I bought was I bought the memory card El Cheapo, uh, just uh, caught it on sale. So yeah, yeah, you know, I had that sent to me via mail, you know, so I could uh, you know start toying around with it, uh, and uh, just basically start programming it. Yeah, and um, yeah. haven't we haven't run into any hiccups yet like no hard crashes no yeah it's been pretty stable or, uh, or mess well, ups well, or anything it's no, no, very I, stable no i stress tested that okay uh, no 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 no. i left it on overnight uh with uh, uh, i think it was a game boy advance game yeah just uh, picked a random one and left it on just to check uh temperatures and it was stable yeah uh, but it yeah, does have yeah, a I proper mean, heat sink in it as well so yeah, I mean, it's been very stable. We didn't run into any issues. The controllers are pretty nice. Um, the D-pad's a little mushy. Yeah, but they're, 15, but, they're $15 controllers. Yeah, for the pair. but otherwise... Oh, wow. Yeah. other Yeah. For <laughs> 15 bucks? That's great. Those controllers are awesome. Well, I got them mostly the for the looks because I knew that you wouldn't be using them that much, but... No, we'll probably use them a lot, actually. Probably. I mean, you know, I've, like well, I, I said, I've got well, multiple Bluetooth controllers. Well, I wasn't stuff, sure, but, but they're. I wasn't sure, but, uh, you know, if they uh, were terrible, you know, they would at least be good for the looks. But, you know, they turned out to be fairly decent. Yeah, we'll see how well they hold up over time. But, I mean, you know, just. Yeah, I wonder if for... you could tell which one I was using the entire time. I don't know. I actually wasn't really paying. Like, I mean, one of them was in the box and one of them was out the box. I assume you were using the one out of the box, oh, but... Uh, no, both of them uh, I did uh, pull uh, to be able to set up properly. Because yeah. you did notice that you didn't have to set up any controls whatsoever, right? Yeah, I did notice that. No, I went through and I set up all the controls for you. <laughs> so cool. it was literally plug and play. Uh, because... I just kind of like assumed that the controller nope. was plug and play with the system. So you had to map all the buttons. No, I mapped all the buttons. Cool. I told you I put a lot of thought into this. Uh, whenever you plug in a new controller, it'll actually detect it and you have to uh, set up each control. And if it's not a uh, essentially a DualShock style controller or a Xbox style controller that has uh, triggers and analog sticks, you have to skip a few things. Yeah. So those uh, have the SNES uh, mapping to them, but no, I, I set them up. <laughs> nice. Well, I appreciate that. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's been a blast. I don't. I mean, there are I, there are so many games to play, <laughs> and I'll, I'll I'm sure I'll gravitate towards some of my old favorites. I mean, I love the F Zero series. Yeah, I was playing um, uh, so... Mario Three uh, pretty uh, uh, heavily on it during the testing phase. Yeah. But, I mean, there's plenty of titles that I want to go back and play that I've played before. There's quite a few that I've never played and I've seen on various, you know, retro gaming YouTube channels that, that I've been like, yeah, I'd like to play that someday. Yeah, and I know that there's a likely a few on there that's doubled up that I missed because there was a lot of files on that. 
Yeah. So far, I haven't seen any, but I mean, there are a lot. And I know I haven't been through all of them. And, so. th- and that's the thing also is that every time I put a uh, new system on it, just for it to scan, because it, whenever I drop the files onto it, it would just do a list of uh, you know, the ROM names and that's it. Then it has to go start pulling from the internet all the box art, all the uh, uh, info. And that took a few hours per system. Fancy. So now it makes but sense yeah, why I mean, it's been... now it makes sense why I was kind of lax in December, huh? Yeah. I mean it was an excellent awesome gift which we have enjoyed and we will enjoy even more once it's in the living room in the next few days. Yeah, and also I well I'm not sure how it'll work because the safe shutdown feature. But you could also uh hook in uh or well swap out the memory card and put in a Steam link. Because uh, Valve released a, uh, essentially a RetroPie uh, Steam Link. Uh, that could be useful, but I also have a Steam yeah. Link, so well. I don't know. Might put it in my bedroom or something. Although that's pretty far, and it would be running off Wi-Fi instead of a wired mm. connection. Yeah, and, I, and so. I really like the fact that you know you can just pull the door off the side, and right there is extra USB ports and the uh, uh, Ethernet. Yeah. Plus, a working eject button. That amused me to no end whenever I first got that uh, case. As a matter of fact, you heard me a couple times playing with it. I had no idea that's what it was, obviously. But <laughs> Yeah, it has uh, the uh, SD card storage or micro SD card storage uh, and as the eject button. It pops up with a little door on the top. Yeah, I've, I've played with that a little bit. <laughs> as soon as I pointed it out, huh? Yeah. Gosh, you didn't realize I had a working eject button. No, I I just thought it was, you know, visual flair or whatever. But no, it's it's excellent. So, I, I you know, I might throw up a, a, a retro game every once in a while to talk about on the show now if, as I work through and play new games. I mean, there's tons of stuff that I've played before I probably won't chat about unless I really have nothing else to talk about. But, I mean, there's also tons, you know, thousands of titles I've never played before. So, yeah, I have who knows to admit, where this I was, adventure is going to take me. I was very tempted uh, to do something, but I wasn't sure if you would know how to undo it. So I didn't do it. What I wanted to do was set it to show favorites only and favorite every single Barbie game. Nothing wrong with that. I would have had a grand old time. Probably a lot less family fun. Nobody else would have gotten that. But I would have been like, ha ha, this is excellent. I've actually played a couple of the Barbie games for Game Boy? Well, they're on there. Game Boy, Game Boy Color? I don't know. I've played a Yeah, there's a lot of things on there that it's just, oh yeah, they made a game of that. Or, wow, I remember this TV show. I didn't know they made a game for it. Wow. Yeah. Uh, especially in the NES era, you know, where they were pretty much just throwing every game they could out the door. Anything and everything. Mm-hmm. Here, have a game. Something I'd like to look at, too, is games that have been created more recently for these older consoles. Yeah, I was trying Although to... I don't know how well those work. Well, what I was trying to do was find a good copy of the Star Fox 2 ROM, but I couldn't find one uh, that uh, that played correctly. Yeah. So that's an omission on the SNES, but 
It's actually very easy to drop uh, singular ROMs on it, or you know, just even mass drop ROMs. Uh, because I left the manager on, it's literally just hook it up to the uh, to the, your local network, either Wi-Fi or uh, Ethernet. Go to the IP yeah. address uh, colon eight thousand, and it goes to the management software that actually has the temperature and uh, drive storage and uh, uh, figures, and then you can just go in drop. Uh, the uh, uh, ROM files, you could uh, go in and drop BIOS files uh, in different tabs. It's actually very easy once you get it set up. Getting it set up is a bitch, but beyond that. Yeah, at some point, I'll go in there and I'll really start playing with that stuff too. But I think I'm going to enjoy it for a little bit yeah, before I might accidentally break it. Well, you did back up the uh, the thing, right? I haven't yet. I'm going to. Yeah, I'll. Um, yeah, I suggest. Uh, hang on, let me go to desktop so I can tell you exactly what imaging file, imaging thing I sent uh, or saved it with because it does not register for a Windows uh, uh, management or file system, so you won't be able to just copy files directly. Uh, let's see, Etcher is what I used to create that. Uh, where are you? Where are you? I know it's on my desktop somewhere. The problem is my desktop is as a big a mess as my living room right now. See the uh, well, the FTP uh, software I used. Uh, you'll probably want to get this anyway. Is Win SCP? Technically, it's not FTP, but it's it's the general idea of it. You know. Okay. I think it was just. Uh, Win32 Disk Manager? Or Disk Imager, yeah. W- yeah, Win32 Disk Imager. And you could just... Uh, if you have a micro SD uh, reader, which I do now because I have to get one for this. Yeah, I have one. Uh, just plug into that, and even though Windows can't make heads or tails of the file system itself, it'll just copy the entire thing piecemeal. That's why the backup file is 30 gigs, even though uh, the actual use is, I think my total was somewhere right at 12 or 13. So you could throw a few like uh, PlayStation games on it and be, still be all right. But yeah, once you're getting up to that point, let's put it this way. Game Boy Advance ate up uh, more memory than I would say the next two or three combined systems. They started... Re- Inter- yeah, yeah. Well, there was a lot of games plus the fact that, you know, it's a more advanced system. Right. Also, did yeah. it help that, I, the, uh, that the archive I used, it uh, listed the games by release, name, re- release number. So whenever there was, like, a, a staggered release in different regions, it would be offset by enough that it would be a pain to try to find. Ugh. Stupid Game Boy Advanced. Yeah, I might at some point throw some PlayStation games on there too to to play, but I do pretty successfully emulate PlayStation and PS2 games on my PC as well, so the only thing there would just be like, well, do I want to do this sitting in my living room on my couch? But who knows? I, I might do that one day. You never know. It'll take a never while know. to transfer. Yeah, but... I got time. Just set it up and let it run. 
But yeah, at this point, I don't have anything else to say about it other than it's awesome, and I love you, and we all thank you very much. So, yeah. Yeah, and originally I wasn't supposed to be there. That's why the tag and uh, me signing the box. Yeah, it's better you were there. Yeah, I got to see you just be completely dumbfounded. It's one thing to hear that you're speechless. It's another thing to see it. (laughs) Yeah. Because I was not expecting that at all. <laughs> and, I, well, and I'm glad um, that it made it there in peace. Oh, and I do have to ask, how was the chocolate? Uh, it was good. Um, it, it was white chocolate, which is my favorite chocolate, so I was very happy. And it was Milka. So, German yeah. chocolate. It was very good. I, uh, Unfortunately, I, uh, Katie I, had I to settle for Hershey's because finding dark chocolate was a pain in the ass. Unless, you know, uh, wanting to pay through the nose for it. And honestly, my bill for that thing was already way higher than I uh, originally budgeted. So, yeah. How did yeah. King like the orange? Uh, he liked it. <laughs> he, was, he was, like, flabbergasted by it, but he liked it, so... Yeah, I sent him a chocolate orange. Because that seemed like a yeah. very fitting thing. It like, somehow it'll really probably be it. baked goods, but eh. I, I couldn't uh, risk, you know, having cookies set in there for a couple of weeks. Because right. it got there uh, right around my birthday, actually. So, you know, uh, around December 10th, I think. i try to remember my, the exact times on that. Uh, no, I sent it out the 10th, so it probably got there around the 13th, I think. Uh, matter of fact, you almost discovered it because, uh, he- he- here's, here's some timing for you. You almost discovered a, a package from me because it was the, uh, I was in uh, communication with Katie to uh, try to organize this naturally because, you know, who else was going to be behind the scenes, Right. Right. You couldn't like coordinate with me for your secret present for No, it was King the well, entire I mean, I know time. It was... <laughs> yeah. I know it was for us, but it definitely sparked for me, so uh but the day that she had to go pick up people uh, in Nashville uh was the day that it came in. And I was uh, a little worried because uh the uh it was either going to be that day or the next day. So, yeah. so I think it was a Thursday. And just as she was going out, uh, she messaged me that she had the package. Uh, because that was the one day that you was going to get the mail. And it had been pretty obvious. Why are you getting a package from West Virginia? <laughs> Honestly, I probably wouldn't have checked. She w- would have just said, like, hey, I'm expecting a package. Can you make sure you bring it inside? I wouldn't have read it. So, that would probably wouldn't have been too big of an issue. Yeah, but it would still, you know, uh, it would have took a little bit of the edge off, you know? Yeah. And the fact I signed it with the uh, chemical formula for caffeine. (laughs) (laughs) Because I didn't know if it was going to be sitting under the tree. If you discovered there was an oddball package there, I wanted you to try to figure it out. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. I don't, I don't know. I wasn't, this year I wasn't super, you would, you, there have been some years where I'm like, let me scan all the packages <laughs> under the tree and try and figure out my presence. And then there are other years where it's just like, oh, if you shook <laughs> that thing, I just you want a nap. If you shook that thing, you wouldn't have figured it out because that thing was packed tight. <laughs> yeah. 
you you're be, you would be like, why is there a yo know, a, a box of cement or something? Because <laughs> that thing wasn't rattling at all. By design, mm-hmm. of course. But yeah, I, I'm rather proud of my uh, surprise, and now I'm glad that it was a hit. I'm also proud of your supply surprise. Yeah, and you like the console as well. Surprise, motherfucker. Supplies! Supplies, motherfucker. (laughs) Surprise? Some fries. I want some fries now. Later, maybe. Depending on what time we get done. Alrighty. Well, I think now is a a good time to move it on over to discuss our, really our only news topic, because the the games thing, the 2018 games is more of just like an open discussion about I mean, we do this every year. Just mm-hmm. an open discussion about what happened during the year and what games were on top and all that jazz. But let us go talk about, once again, kicking off the year with some more news that won't go away. Some bullshit Fallout 76 is done. Yeah, you got to give um, uh, Fallout 76 one thing. They do stay in the news. They do that. So we've got two. Uh, do you just want to do them in the order that they're on the, uh, yeah, we the list? Okay, so... Uh, the first one of these things related to Fallout 76 is the Nuka Dark Rum captures the spirit of Fallout 76. And I like that you put pun intended. <laughs> well, I wasn't sure. Did we? I wasn't sure if you would catch the pun. We, we talked about it after recording. This was during the Christmas break. But I, right. but I sent you the video. Mm-hmm. That's what you remember. Which, yeah. So. Um, uh, so uh, let's just dive right into this. Uh, because yeah, modern gaming every uh, every game needs a collector's edition, and I realize that I'm talking about that on the same day that I found my Oblivion uh, Septum coin. So yeah, collector's editions are definitely a new thing, right? Yeah, absolutely. But uh, Brand new. but this is more just collector's tat, you know, just extra weird things that they do. Uh, slap uh, slap the name uh, name of a game on it, and yeah, I saw it an incredible markup. And one of the things that uh, Bethesda or their publisher, uh, most likely the publisher, decided to do was uh, there's Nuka Dark Rum, which is essentially just an alcohol beverage by the Nuka, Nuka uh, Cola uh, company in the Fallout universe. Why don't we make that a real thing? Not a bad idea, but... No, pretty cool. People who like to collect various types of alcohol like to get these special sort of collector's editions bottles. Mm-hmm. Like my, my dad does this, he collects things. Um, and he gets anything that's basically branded for some sort of old Western or TV shows that he likes. Like this year they got, um, game of Thrones themed alcohol. Um, the bottles in my room, I can't go, I mean, I guess I could go get it, but I I can't be bothered to go get it and, like, see exactly, like, what the pun is that they came up for it. But it is a really well-designed bottle. It's got some Game of Thrones stuff on there. So, like, you know, people collect this stuff, and they like it. And if you like Fallout 76 and alcohol, which I'm sure lots of people do, like, hey, get one of these cool bottles. Hey, one helps bottles. Uh, tolerate the other. Yeah. <laughs> get one of these cool bottles that looks like the, the bottles in the game, because all of the Nuka bottles look sort of like Rockets. Um, they've got sort of the well. They have the rocket flares. Fins. Yeah, they've got the rocket fins on the bottom, and you know, a bottle is pretty much rocket shaped, anyways. But uh, so you know, they got that little flourish. 
And the advertising for this made it look like here's a glass commemorative, you know, nice, fancy glass bottle we made that looks like these, um, you know, that looks exactly like it. But then you go and find out later that it's just like a First of all, they were delayed by over a month because they wanted to live up uh, to the quality of Fallout 76. And no, they weren't using that term uh, ironically, by the way. Just make me wonder what was the first bottle? Did it come in a fucking nylon bag? Hiyo. But yeah, uh, the marketing material that they released showed the bottling of this, and it showed that it was a regular bottle of rum with a rather well. Let's be honest, cheap looking label. I think that's fair to say, right? Yep. And a plastic shell. The, uh, the shape of the nuclear cola dark rum. It's a plastic shell. Mm-hmm. Around cheap rum. Because there's been people trying out the rum itself and not glowing reviews there either. Yep. So talk about so, capturing the spirit, huh? <laughs> yes, indeed. So I don't have a problem with the alcohol itself being cheap. Like, that's fine. Uh, if, I, if it was, you know, like we just said, like I mean, if it wasn't a high end rum, but it was in a good bottle, fine. Right. Oh, and right. also, there's a slight design flaw with the bottle, where yeah, which causes it to leak down inside the plastic shell whenever you pour it, or, or that it's impossible to pour without spilling all over the damn place. Because yeah. the way they have it set up is that, uh, essentially, the lip of the bottle is a couple inches below the top of the rocket so whenever you pour it out it's essentially pouring into the uh, into a channel on the or the neck of the shell and then down but because of how the shell comes together it just kind of goes all over the damn place and then whenever yep. you uh, t- uh, tip it back up you know naturally you're not going to be pouring all the rim out unless it's the last few drops so it's going to go down inside the rocket and make a mess so, yeah, great design, folks. A+. plus. Yeah, when you say A+, plus, you probably I'm mean being like, slightly sarcastic. Yeah, just a little bit. Like, we're talking more like, instead of an A+, plus, maybe like, ooh, an F-. minus. Is that possible? Can you get an F-? minus? You can now. <laughs> so, so, once again, Bethesda is... Or either up. Bethesda or, or whoever signed off on this, because... Uh, the fact that this is the revised version, all right, that's the thing. If, if this was, uh, you know, something that they uh, quickly produced, that's one thing. But the fact that they delayed it to meet the quality of Fallout. <laughs> and no, I'm yeah. not joking about them. They actually used that term, uh, match the quality of Fallout. I'm not sure if they called out 76 in particular or just Fallout, but. Oh, <laughs> well, I think this definitely matches the quali- quality of Fallout seventy six. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not saying that Bethesda specifically like designed the bottle. They probably didn't. No, no, it was somebody uh, had no, to sign yeah, off on yeah, this. It was a bottling company that did that. But at the same time, you know, you don't get this type of contract and not have to sign off on the final design or the final you know, materials as well, because that's another thing. Yeah. I mean, I assume that just based on the whole, how the whole deal with the bag went, this, 
in in my brain, I have no proof of this, but in my brain, like my head cannon is like the the marketing executive or whoever that signed off on this was like, yeah, nobody will care about this shit. I I want to go get some lunch uh, early, so I'm just gonna like approve everything. Don't worry about it. These guys are dumb. They don't care. And then it's blown up in their face twice now. They've had two. <laughs> I mean, they've had more than two PR disasters, but specifically with their collector's edition stuff. Yeah. They're, they're, they well, they're, well, they're collector's PR stuff, I should issues. say. Yep. Uh, because this isn't in the collector's edition. So let's, yeah, let's be fair. Tough, but fair. Right. Right. You're right. Okay. So I, I could have said that better, but yeah, they're collector's stuff. Um, so. Yeah, that's just in my head. Like that's how I imagine that goes. Somebody was like, "Nah, fuck it. These guys are dumb. They won't care. Nobody will notice." And then everyone noticed, and it became a massive issue. So, uh, hooray! <laughs> I guess. Uh. I don't know. So that's one problem with Fallout seventy six. Another problem with Fallout seventy six is that when uh. New Year's Day rolled around, and the clocks changed. The nukes stopped working, and everything related to the nukes stopped working. (laughs) So, yeah, I don't... Part of me wants to have sympathy for this, but part of me is like, dude, wants to be like, guys, come on, really? Like, we solved this problem years ago. What are you doing? with this like is this just like on the long list of bugs and everybody was like well it's cool to release with we'll have enough time to fix it before or did they not even catch it at all i'm not sure which one's worse they're both bad i'm not sure which one's worse maybe one of the things maybe they didn't realize the year changes (laughs) maybe maybe those country roads just go on forever stay in the same year right yeah but like i mean that is true west virginia is stuck around somewhere in the mid 50s (laughs) but i I mean what they have done besides just having a game-breaking bug is they have completely removed or accidentally completely removed for a time because i think they fixed it by now haven't they i don't know i don't Uh, yeah they fixed it uh, pretty quickly but but, I mean, for a little while, you couldn't access the in-game or the in-game content because the whole in-game was like, okay, you get leveled up enough, then you go get these codes to drop the nuke, you drop a nuke somewhere, and then that brings up all these super high-leveled enemies where you can go in and get the best gear and fight the toughest enemies and all of that jazz. And you can't do it. In-game gone until they fixed it. I mean, this game is just the 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 poo that just keeps on coming out it's like you think it's done you're ready to like be you know wipe yourself clean of this and move on to to other things in the gaming space and then it's like oh nope nope here's a little more probably shouldn't have had that taco bell last night it's still coming i haven't looked at any gaming news in the last couple of days i wouldn't be surprised if there's not something else that we're gonna see and we're gonna have to decide for like well, no, next week is the VGL Awards, so we won't have to worry about that. But we're going to have to decide, like, okay, for our next, like, regular recording, do we want to talk about Fallout again, or do we want to, like, just drop this off the map? <laughs> I wonder if it can continue long enough to be such a big problem that for the VGL Awards for 2019, 
it like is on there is like the thing that we're sick of. Oh, <laughs> uh, true. It might be. That would oh. be both amazing and horrible. Or we may have to create a lifetime achievement award for Fallout seventy six. A spet yes, a lifetime achievement award, a special award category. A, a lifetime Maybe. fuck up award for Bethesda. Uh, the, well, there's another one. Uh, actually, uh, the that just came out in the last few days. It's not Fallout seventy six related, but it's Bethesda related. The they've announced that they're not having the com- same composer that did all the. Well, all the more modern Elder Scrolls game back for uh, uh, the next Elder Scrolls game, which is dumb because that's one yeah. of the things I really liked about even Skyrim was yeah you know, they had good music. Yeah, maybe they're expecting people to uh, yeah fix it with mods. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. Oh that, oh, that is one other thing we could talk about with Fallout 76. Did you see the essay? Oh, yes, I saw that, where the people were having to write apology essays. I, I thought it was about funny. Modding or cheating, and, oh, I it just made me mad. I didn't think it was funny I, I, I thought all. it was funny, but it also is one of those things that, um, Bethesda, you're talking about, uh, you know, th- third-party software being detrimental to uh, gaming? Um... You may want to reconsider the wording on that. Yeah. Yeah, I would. I would. Mm. It just made me mad. It's like it, it. It felt very much like a someone talking down to someone else. I can't stand that shit. So it just made me mad. I don't. I don't like Bethesda very much anymore. <laughs> I already had some problems. Like, you know, had problems with them. Let's. Uh, my trust and confidence had been was very, you know, low in comparison to how it's been in the past. But like this whole thing is making me start to head towards actively disliking them. I mean, I'm not there yet, but they've got a long way to go to to sort of get back. Still, probably though, won't be able to resist Elder Scrolls Six. Oh, don't just, worry, like, I will. Unless it just looks like an absolute terror shit show. Well, they are sticking with the same engine, aren't they? Uh, yeah, I think I saw they were saying that they were going to update the engine, but still stay with the same engine. And I was just like, I just like, put, you know, face palmed, like, oh no. <laughs> that and Starfield, aren't they? Which, yo, that doesn't bode well for Starfield. No, that gives me very low confidence in Starfield also because yeah, they said they've said that they're doing that with Starfield as well. But I mean, I guess we'll see see how it goes. They uh they're not really getting the benefit of the doubt though. So, we'll just have to see how it goes. Bethesda making me sad. Yeah, it's like Bethesda and uh, and now I'm blanking. Uh, well, Bethesda, Epic. Oh, and who else is trying to in a race for the bottom? Um, Valve? Question mark. Uh, well, Valve isn't really doing anything these days. I mean, they just kind of. Uh, they just kind of exist anymore, don't they? 
Yeah. Well, uh, Artifact seems to be a complete flop. Yeah, I don't think Artifact was on Steam's top 100. No, it wasn't. Which is an excellent segue, except, like I told you earlier, I had dry mouth. I've been drinking a lot. I need to go to the bathroom. So we're going to segue to the elevator and then over to Steam's top 100 list. Alrighty. Alright, so we are back. Um, Steam has broken it down into more categories this year. Instead of just doing their uh, top sellers and giving them like platinum, gold, silver, bronze, they have that. But they've also got several other categories. And we're going to start with actually the best, or what they call their best uh, virtual reality titles for the year. Mostly just to get this out um, of the way, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, neither of us have PC VR setups. So there are a few more like interesting a, entries on here. Uh, uh, well, let's just dive right in. I mean, Skyrim, of course, is on there because, yo, it's on every single platform known to man by this point. I'm just waiting for him to release Skyrim for Skyrim. <laughs> Play Skyrim within Skyrim. Yes. Yeah, that would be amazing. And also Fallout 4 VR is on here. Which, yeah, once again, is not yeah, surprising. Probably the... Yeah. Uh, the one out of the platinum tier I'd want to play the most, though, is actually Super Hot VR. That's supposed to be a very interesting experience because yeah, uh, Super Hot VR and Beat Saber. Well, both. Beat Saber is a pretty popular one as well in the VR scene, but uh, Super Hot VR uh, is essentially well, Super Hot. Which, if you've never played Super Hot, it's a first-person. I would actually call it shooter puzzler because. Uh, the way Super Hot works is that it has essentially a time dilation mechanic where if you're standing still, time is almost standing still. It, essentially, it works off your movement. So all the little involuntary movements, your heartbeat, it's allowing time to advance slowly. And then as you move and aim and change uh, your you know, positioning, time goes forward and you're trying to essentially just survive or beat the level depending on you know, what mode you're in. In Super Hot VR, it's the same idea, only with a virtual reality setup. So, you know, all your involuntary movements uh, are factored in. And because it's actually essentially a John Woo movie in a game, right? Yeah, I've heard that. I've never actually played it. I have Super Hot, but I've never played it. Uh, I think I have it it on Twitch. Uh, But, yeah, it's rather over the top uh, and a lot of grabbing guns out of the uh, midair, shooting people, throwing the gun, uh, grabbing a different one. Uh, a lot of juggling and a lot of uh, uh, a lot of awareness around you. So Super Hot VR definitely works. Uh, Beat Saber, of course, is first person, uh, essentially rhythm game. Yeah. Uh, there's a essentially a porn game on here, uh, the VR Conjo, which is essentially just almost a, uh, it's kind of creepy <laughs> to be perfectly honest. You're in a room talking to this girl and uh, essentially have a chance to molest her. Yep. In VR. Yeah, of course. Um, I mean, there's nothing other than the two that I mentioned, the platinum that I would be super interested in. I would probably like try, anything um except for maybe like anything scary yeah i don't like scary job stuff. simulator is supposed to be interesting it's uh, uh supposed to be rather wacky I, I it is i've actually messed around with job job simulator on someone else's vr 
setup. And I mean, it's just like you're in an office and some other environments and you can just like play with stuff and see what it does. Um, and it, like, there's some fun and neat stuff you can do. Like you put a donut in the coffee machine and you get like it, you know, you can make it spew out like tons of, of copies of donuts. So, but instead of being like on paper, it just like shoots out donuts. You can see what happens if you like dump coffee on a plant or on a computer or whatever. And you know, you can just mess around in it. It's fun and silly for a little bit, but, you know, there's not really much meat to it. Yeah, getting to the gold tier, you're starting to get into non-game things like virtual desktop and tilt brush. Virtual desktop, super cool. I love that. But it's like, it's a hassle to do something like that. So I'm like, well, I could just sit down at my computer. Because the, the Gear VR, which I don't really mess with anymore, but met, played with a lot, like that was... One of the most fun parts of the whole thing is like setting up what you can do and sort of its equivalent of like a desktop or the opening space. And that was cool. And you get a lot of customization to it. And you could be in space or on Mars or yeah, the, you know, whatever. Well, there's also a really interesting game on here that uh, in the gold tier. Uh, I expect you to die. Okay. Uh, you don't know that one, do you? It, it's no. essentially a, uh, you know, every kind of at least somewhat cheesy uh, spa scene ever in VR. So like you're in your car and there's a bomb somewhere and you have to figure out where it is and try to disarm it. That sort of thing. And, That's and from cool. what I've seen, it's, it's done neat. actually really well. I assume I expect you to die as a reference yes. to Bond. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. I think of it almost like uh, Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes, only single player. Uh, that sort of general idea of trying to puzzle out little bits of what's going on. Yeah. And, and of course there's a battle royale in here because of course, right? Stand out VR battle royale. I'm good. There's a Rick and Morty thing. That's just for Kyle and Mel's at this point. This is just for them. They bought it a lot. So it showed up in the gold section. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't realize, uh, well, I knew that L.A. Noir had a VR game, but I didn't realize that, you know, it was that much that well bought, considering that it's rather poorly reviewed. Ooh, that is that is very negative. Yeah. But huh. was there really uh, that much of a need for the VR version of this? I don't think so. I don't know. I guess enough of a need that they made one for it. Yeah, the need for more money. Yeah, uh, Moss uh, looks really interesting. It's a shame that it's one of those games that uh, that could be a, a system seller for me if it was a bigger game. Uh, it's one of those games that is trying to be something other than just a first person experience, where you're directing a character in a VR environment, uh, but you're not controlling that character from the first person perspective. It's a essentially yeah. a third person platformer. I remember seeing Moss at E3, yeah. and I really liked the look. Yeah, of I was it. really it interested. Was different in, with VR. I was really interested into, in it until they announced VR only. Well, fuck. Yeah, this game. Yeah, that game de- definitely doesn't need to be in VR. I mean, I definitely understand why they're doing it because they, yeah, they're trying to be that system seller. But the fact that they are in the silver tier. 
yeah, silver tier does not bode well for their sales. Yeah. But it could also just be one of those experimental games. Creed Rise to Glory is also like essentially first person Rocky. I'm just scrolling through the rest of these. I mean, a lot of them I don't know anything about. Never seen them before. Some of these I know, some of them I don't. Surgeon Simulator uh, ER. <laughs> uh, I gotta admit, that's uh, rather clever. Yeah. But, honestly, here's here's a question for you, alright? Surgeon Simulator right. ER. Does that kind of take away the entire experience of Surgeon Simulator because you would have better controls? In theory. Mm, I don't know, maybe. Because isn't that part of the point of Surgeon Simulator is that it's kind of wonky at best? Yeah, wacky and weird and ridiculous, yeah. Plus, you know, it's very easy to screw up and it becomes a a Rube Goldberg of failure. Yo, as you try to fix one thing, you do something else accidentally because the controls are a little wonky. But in VR, I think it may actually lose its kind of the point. Psychonauts, uh, the rhombus of ruin. Uh, uh, yeah, the fact that we get more more psychonauts is interesting. But yeah, I don't care enough about it to you know have a VR headset. And yeah, let's see, Ark Park. <laughs> uh. That doesn't sound great, honestly. The fact that it's Ark or maybe, yeah, Ark Park. It's just, just yeah, that could have been another like news story for us. Go by the look way. at the cool things. <laughs> uh, did you see about uh, Ark's uh, essentially D- DLC that they're releasing as a full game or released as a full game? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I saw uh, that. I could have put that on the, the uh, docket, but nah. But yeah, the top releases uh, in no particular order. Uh, yeah, a lot of this is. There's not a lot of real standout titles yet. And I think that's probably the problem of VR right now. Except, of course, for Hatsune Miku VR. Everyone's favorite J-pop star. Of course. Anyways, carry on. Because nobody is definitely looking at those panties, right? Absolutely not. But, yeah. uh, VR, it's still in kind of its infancy. It's one of those things that... It's still a curiosity to me, but it hasn't really sold me on it yet. And there's, we're still running, running into that chicken and the egg problem where there are not suddenly enough of the headsets to d- devote enough development time for really good games, but because there's no really good games, nobody's buying the headsets. So something has to give at some point. I don't think VR is going yeah. away. I really don't. No, I don't think so either. I mean, I, my next build is going to be uh you know target vr because i do want to get a vr headset and start playing some more of those games and messing around with it but i mean my current pc it's iffy whether or not i could run a vr setup on my pc so that'll be part of my next build goal is to be able to do vr and hopefully by then the headsets will be cheaper um, I, you know, Did they just announce that the some. Oculus wasn't going to do another revision uh, for quite some time? I don't know, but even if they don't do another revision, you know, being out for longer, find more stuff on the secondhand market, and also um, as the technology ages, prices tend to go down. Yeah, but this is also owned by Facebook, so. Well, like they don't have more money than God. 
So should we go on to a list that we actually could talk about? <laughs> I, that's mostly the gym list, you know. We're throwing it out to Jim because I think he would be upset if we skipped the VR list. So you can get, uh, just real quick, I just went over to Amazon and typed in VR headset. And the Oculus Rift plus the controllers, uh, 350 bucks. I mean, that's cheaper than it was. Mm-hmm. Um I'm I'm not sure by how much, but I mean when it originally launched, we were looking at like eight nine hundred dollars for the Oculus plus the controllers, and then I think the last time they did like a, a package together, it was five or six hundred bucks. But now it's, you know, three fifty. Like that's, mm-hmm. you know, need to save up my you know, for a little bit with for that like, with also looking at building a new PC. But like that's doable for me within the next year. I mean, I could just go buy it right now, but that's like all of my sort of left, you know, free spending cash after Christmas. But I mean, you know, my PC, I don't think is it's it's on the line and I'm just not going to risk it until I know I'm well over the line. Yeah. But yeah, we can move on to the next list, Um, which is the top sellers of each month. So let's just kick it off on. Oh, shoot. I forgot to turn off my. Star Wars RPG alarm. That's what you just heard. And it's not themed? No, it's just my regular old alarm. Let me turn those off. Because I have multiples. Because I I regularly take naps before playing. Just turn those off. Anyways, my apologies. So, by month. Yeah, so uh, since these are randomized for each month, uh, we're just going to have to kind of uh, pick and choose. Uh... January only has a couple really standout titles to me, though. You know, Staxel is interesting. I'm not sure if they've done much with it yet. I had re- or I have review code for it, but it was uh, a bit of an unoptimized mess whenever I last played it, so not sure about that one. Uh, Trail Takers, which is uh, you know, just a vehicle builder, is interesting. Uh, My Time in Portlandia also came out that month. Talk about... Uh, yeah. Uh, two really good kind of sandboxy uh, Harvest Moon-like games, huh? Right in the same month. Yeah. It makes me sad to see Battle Royale Trainer on this list, though. Oh, January is usually not a great month for releases. Yeah, fair enough. Um, the, Like, the only, like, big AAA title, or maybe AA, uh, is Dragon Ball Fighters. Well, Celeste Fighters. is also supposed to be a really good uh, little indie game. Yeah, I've heard nothing but good things about Celeste. Actually, I think that was in the Twitch Twitch games at one point. I think I have that. And, of course, Railway Railway Empire, so. Woohoo! And Um, and let's just round out the list since there's not a lot here. SOS Battle Royale, play for free! Uh, Only nobody's playing anymore, (laughs) it looks like. Yeah, and it has mostly negative reviews. Can't imagine why. And uh, what's uh, that then other for f- one? Grando Espadia? I don't recognize this game at all. It looks like a free-to-play... Uh, Is this an MMO? Yeah, yeah MMO. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm trying to recognize if there's a particular style to it, but uh, yeah, clicking through here. Looks like definitely a, a Asian MMO. Currently, it's got uh, uh, 772 players playing yeah, through Steam. Yeah, I was about to say through Steam. Uh, looks like it's a Taiwan, Taiwanese uh, MMO. Interesting. So. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I might look into that later. But yeah, February uh, starts uh, really getting a lot of games. 
Yeah. Uh, let me get back over here. Into the Breach so, uh, is uh, one that's on my wish list still. It's essentially, well, it's from the makers of FTL. It's a sort yep. of a strategy puzzler. Mm-hmm. With Max. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sword Art Online, one one of the Sword Art Online games. There's quite, I think they're up to four now on Steam that sort of each game covers like a major arc from the show and expands upon it. So I want to get into that eventually. Mm-hmm. Fishing, Barrent Sea. That makes me happy that that's on there. <laughs> uh, uh, well, Deep Rock Galactic is supposed to be a really good... Uh... Uh, Left 4 Dead-like uh, co-op game. Yeah, and, that's on my wish and list. Echo is also supposed to be a very interesting title. It's essentially take Minecraft, throw in a uh, a mechanic where the game runs in real time, and you have to work together with other players on the server to essentially avert a global disaster. That's interesting. I mean, it would be a, a really good, um, like, community game. Uh, because you need a larger group than just, you know, a couple friends. Uh, some people are saying at least 10 people. But, yeah, that's quite the investment. You know, that's 300 bucks right there with the early access price. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure. Uh, uh, create a, civilized, a civilization capable of stopping a meteor without destroying the ecosystem in the process. Well, where's the fun in that? I want to just strip mine the place. I mean, it's definitely an interesting concept, huh? Where everything's running yeah. in real time, so it's it's sort of like some of the mobile games where you have to yeah you know, plan out ahead of time what to do. Only yeah, you know, not shit. Yeah, if it uh, comes up on a good enough sale, I might uh, spring for a whole bunch of copies for people in the. Well, you also have to run community. a server, which. Uh, it would be a lot more challenging. Well, I mean, you know, I've got just like four computers lying around here that I'm not doing anything with, so I could give it a shot. I'd probably look into that first before I buy a whole bunch of copies of the game, but <laughs> it's something I'd be be up for. Um, the only re- other thing in February that interests me is Kingdom yeah, Come Deliverance. I, I know quite a few people on our list, or on our list, and our crew uh, have and play this game. The one that comes to mind like first is is ghost shark he streamed it for quite a while mm-hmm. yeah it's supposed to be year. very good i've uh, deliberately avoided uh most gameplay though of it so i don't know a lot yeah. about it yet uh we were here too as a game that i want to do co-op at some point but yeah we have the free-to-play version of it to go through first to try out the idea yeah it's a co-op uh, first person puzzler where one person is essentially, well, in the first game, locked in a library with all the answers to the puzzles that the other persons have to navigate. So it's going back and forth uh, with information. Sort of like how, uh, once again, uh, stop talking and nobody explodes. Or keep talking and nobody explodes. Yeah. Uh, you know, that uh, uh, asymmetric uh, uh, information is a very interesting concept, and we haven't seen it done to death yet. Um, Chrono Trigger was released this month as well, which was an abysmal failure, at least at first. I'm not sure. If, it does look like they worked quite a bit on it, though. So, But yeah, I would just emulate yeah. it in Secret of Mana, probably the same thing. So m- moving right along. So 
Yeah, in March, there's honestly nothing that really sticks out to me aside from Final Fantasy 15. Well, um, Far Cry 5 was released, which, eh. Yeah, I was kind of excited about that at first, but then when it came out and there were a lot of reviews for it, I was like, eh. Uh, good the Darwin Project is an life. interesting twist on the Battle Royale genre, where it introduces a lot more survival aspects and a lot more uh, ways to kind of find other players because you have to try to keep warm and uh, uh, there's uh, little peaks about, okay, well, uh, the, uh, there's a radar station that shows you where all the players are, so you get a general idea of what direction to go, that sort of thing. Yeah, well, I'm not sure if there's a game really on has... here you love. Ugh. Sinran Kagura, Peach Beach Splash. Ah. Fuck you. <laughs> oh, what a terrible game that was. Uh, even by Sinran Kagura Ew. standards. Ugh. Well, uh, Darwin Project's down to just 200 players, though. Or 200, 300 players. That's actually kind of sad. Really disappointed because that was a very interesting twist on things. Uh, yeah. But let's see. Uh, the council also have review code of that. I need to actually dive into it at some point. But hey, there's a Pix Arc because, you know, there's not enough art games out there. <laughs> yeah, I've heard Pix Arc's actually pretty good because it does a few things different, but I haven't played it. I don't really care. Anyway, uh, well, so. uh, let's go ahead and get April out of the way. Okay, come on. Battletech, Battletech. It's on the list, and it's on another list later, and it makes me happy. Yeah. Battletech was awesome. Well, Frostpunk. Uh, Frostpunk, yeah. also cool. Monster Prom, also looks cool. Haven't haven't played well, it. I, Don't own it. Well, I have review cool. code that, but I just never got around to it. Uh, Farm Manager yeah. actually looks really interesting as well. It, but even though, oh, that that is reviewed poorly. Oh, that is very bad reviews. Then there's VR Kenojo, which we talked about before, the very creepy... Yeah, the, the games... Sort of... The games where you're in a room just talking to a girl that, you know, you, know, you could just pick up her skirt and she doesn't react at all. It just feels so creepy to me. And the fact that mm-hmm. uh, you eventually could talk her into undressing just seems so wrong. Yeah. Then the only other game that's on the list for April is Skyrim VR. Yeah. Short list, mm-hmm. but Battletech's on it, and it makes me happy. So moving right along to May, uh, yep. Far uh, Lone Sales is on here, which I actually, uh, it's one of those rare games that I did a Sunday sampler on. Remember back when I was doing Sunday samplers because I was getting enough review code? Uh, I do. Uh, I, I, I really, far. I, re- I have Far, actually. Yeah, I really want to get back into that, but that requires key knowledge actually get around to me. Uh, yeah, very interesting game. It's just, it doesn't have enough meat on the bones to justify a $15 price tag to me. Yeah. Uh, uh, Paladins, free to play. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, basically free to play Overwatch. Yeah, which... But uh, a good game uh, that I enjoyed, though. Yeah, or do they still have a decent, decent player base, though? That's the thing. I don't know. Let me open this real quick. I mean, it's not even... Oh, there we go. 11,000 players. So, yeah, pretty good. Uh, peak today, 20,000. And that's just through Steam as yeah. well. You can play Paladins... Yeah, know, through their own launcher. So yeah, Culture Simulator is also another one of those interesting games. If you spend enough time with it, I think it would click. But it's getting up to that point. It's essentially solitaire. Only you're... it's so weird to try to describe this because it plays like a game of solitaire in tabletop simulator, but. 
instead of building out, you know, all the decks, different cards play off one another. And you also have a bunch of timers and a bunch of things you have to try to juggle and you have to manage your resources and build up this cult. And it's just, I never got to the point where I was able to get at that tipping point where it's like, oh yeah, this is so awesome. But it's one of those things that I think if I spend enough time with it, it would click eventually, but it's just, I don't have the patience for it. Yeah. Uh, but let's see, there's Dark Souls Remastered, which, eh. Uh, yeah. Pillars of Eternity 2, which is supposed to be really good. Uh, Agony, the very weird vagina monster game. <laughs> uh, Agony, also known as the feeling you get while playing it. Yeah. Steinsgate Zero is also on here. House Flipper. Where you flip houses? Uh, House Flipper is supposed to be one of those weird, almost zen-like games. Well, there's a ghost shark owns it. Hey, ghost. Ghost to you. You listen? Tell me about House Flipper. Is it any good? <laughs> Thanks. Bye. Okay, so moving on to June. Oh, let's just get the disappointment yep. out of the way. And that is, of course, Jurassic uh, World Evolution. <laughs> eh, Jurassic World Evolution was okay. Uh, well, I'm going to go back and well, play meant, it this uh, year, well, I think. I meant the crew, too. I mean. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I did enjoy Jurassic World Evolution, though. Go back, though, and see if it's any better after a bunch of updates and some content additions that have happened this year. Yeah, not a lot in June, actually. There's Vampire, which is supposed to be all uh, actually supposed to be either all right or pretty good, depending on how much you could get into it. But uh, I just didn't pick it up, and it's a $50 game. Yeah. Nothing else on here, though, really look, is interesting to me. Yeah. Well, uh, there's Crash Bandicoot if you know, you're into Crash Bandicoot. I enjoyed Crash Bandicoot like 10, no. 20 years ago? More than that. 20 years ago. Yeah, God. I'm getting old. <laughs> oh. But no, I enjoyed Crash Bandicoot, you know, then, not now. So. Uh, moving on to July. Not very many this games is the police on the too. list here. Uh, it's one of those games that is very good in concept, but uh, there's the kind of narrative gameplay uh, problem that it's oh sorry uh, dissonance that uh, goes on where it doesn't make sense that you're putting up with the shit that you are considering the character that you're playing so it suffers from ludo narrative dissonance oh there we go i got you basically gotcha. if they didn't bring out bring back the main character from the first game it'd make a lot more sense yeah uh banner saga three yeah up here that's good yeah july must have been a very um, uh, light month because this uh the swordman x is on here I-, I was so excited when i found this on discovery q and found oh fuck it's a battle royale game <laughs> yeah so for august uh monster hunter world own that game it's pretty great i love it more people in the community need to own it so we can all play together two point hospitals on here uh, yeah, uh, essentially a uh, spiritual successor to well, Theme Hospital. Uh, originally, when it launched, it was lacking a bit in content, but it's improved over time. So, hmm. uh, Graveyard Keepers, Yakuza Zero, well, Graveyard Keepers on here as well, which is also supposed to be kind of a niche thing. Uh, it's not quite as uh, open as Harvest Moon, but it has the same general idea of building up this well in this case, Graveyard, but it's also a little weird. But Yakuza 0, yeah. Yeah, very cool. 
Uh, scum mm-hmm. is interesting. It's uh, it was uh, really uh, heavily shown at E three, I believe, but uh, it has yep. a lot of interesting subsystems. But it's one of those games that it's the it's kind of the dwarf fortress problem where they're trying to be more mainstream, but they have a lot of really deep subsystems that don't make a lot of sense. Whatever. Oh, damn. Uh, sorry. Uh, it started playing the uh, video because I clicked on the different one because I wanted to get a screenshot to take a look at <laughs> scum. Gotcha. And it was kind of loud actually. Uh, but yeah, it's essentially a multi, well, it is a multiplayer survival game. It's not battle royale, thankfully, but there's a lot of interesting subsystems, but it's one of those games that they made it very complex, almost to the point of just being stupid about it, but didn't make it compelling to really try to figure out the systems. And that's where the departure from Dwarf Fortress is for me, because Dwarf Fortress is also very complex and very over-the-top in its systems, but it uses yeah. them in interesting ways. Yeah. Uh, Overcooked 2 on here. Yeah. A whole bunch of us want Overcooked 2. Oh, yeah. Um, so maybe that would be a good one too. Later on, when when it's on sale, at some point, buy for the community. Um, I have not played Overcooked or Overcooked Two, but I have seen. I it never played, played the first one because and it, it gets very frantic. Yeah, I never played the first one because it was local only. Yeah, when I went to uh, Kyle and Mel's wedding, at the party they had, there were some people playing Overcooked Two and. It there there was a lot of yelling, much shouting and franticness. No friendships were lost, as far as I can tell. So that's good. <laughs> so it's not Mario Party. There, there was yelling. Yeah, it's not Mario Party. Uh, in September, uh, not super familiar with a lot of these. Uh, Valkyria Chronicles Four, interesting, just because I really liked, really enjoyed Valkyria Chronicles. So more of that is is good. Please. Uh, there was the new Tomb Raider, which most people that I've talked to said it was between like pretty good and like all right. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's got good Steam reviews, but I guess it just comes down to your taste mm-hmm. and also how de- how, you enjoy. how devoted you are to the Tomb Raider. Uh, let's see, and I accidentally lost place on here. We're on September, right? Yeah, there it is. Uh, uh, because yeah. uh, the games are kind of randomized, it's kind of hard to spot them at first. Battle Royale, Battle Right Royale. Oh, what a fucking waste of time that is! Because it takes away from Battle Right. They ba- uh, yeah. Battle Right's basically in uh, you know free fall now or you know dead. It's just so sad because it was such an interesting game. Life is Strange Two is on here though. Yeah, episode one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which oh boy, did they did they have their episodes pay, uh, paced out rather weirdly, huh? Yeah, I've, uh, you know, just been avoiding it until it's all out, mm-hmm. and then then we'll play it. But yeah, that's, I mean, that's really What, you don't I'm... want to play Chinese Parents? <laughs> I don't even know what that is. Like, I uh, haven't seen it's, that it's before not, just now. It's not in English, that's what it is. Gotcha. No, I'm good. Uh, October, there's Mega Man 11, which I did not hear good things about, but it's got positive reviews on Steam, well, so... There's... I don't know if that means they like it because it's Mega Man or because it's good. Well, there's Project Hospital, which is essentially a more serious version of Two Point Hospital. Yeah. Um, 
uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, so you can uh, you know steal all the codes off the hot pockets. <laughs> Assassin's Bland Odyssey. Uh, uh, I've heard excellent things about Return of the Oberdin, but I haven't played it. So yeah, I've heard very interesting sure. things about it. Uh, My Hero Wants Justice, which is just a weird title for My Hero Academia. It's supposed to be an interesting one. Uh, uh, Brawler, I believe it is, or a fighting game. But just because that universe uh, opens it up so much for uh, just weird fighters, they could do a lot with a, a fighting game in that in that uh, universe. Yeah, uh, that's uh, that's uh, an anime that you need to go watch. I think okay. I think you'll uh, I think the first few episodes will hook you. So November, let's just get the get the elephant out of the room. Artifact. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, that's over. That's about as much mind as anyone else is paying to it, really. Uh, uh, well, X4 well, Foundations. Well, they, do have, uh, uh, they do have over 2,800 players right now. So they, there are players still playing it, but you know, they dropped from 60,000. Yeah. Uh, so X4 Foundations, uh, love the X series, but it's always good to wait yeah, on those yeah, games I actually as watched, much as uh, I want to buy it. Cue ball playing that for a while and boy, is it still rough. Yeah, it, they always it, yeah, are. It looks like an early access title. Big Tom, uh, Darksiders after Darksiders three is also out this month. Uh, I've heard nothing but bad things about uh, that su- game as well. Supposedly. It's the same problem that X4 had was that it released in a very bad state, but it's been improving. So it's okay. probably worth playing now, especially if you're invested in the quadrilogy, because eventually it's supposed to be four games. Yeah. But yeah, the question is, uh, will we get the fourth game? Uh, Warhammer Mechadus nope. is on here as well, which is the, I believe that's the uh, ARPG. Yes, it is question mark oh. it looks like a turn-based uh, okay. strategy oh, game. I, well it was taking a while to load up so for some reason steam is being slow for me tonight yeah turn-based strategy so this is the xcom uh, one there was uh an xcom one and there was also a essentially a diablo one coming out about the same time so gotcha uh sunset overdrive mm-hmm. which i find interesting because that was an xbox exclusive and then it became like a Microsoft exclusive when they started putting those titles on the Microsoft Store on PC. And now it's on Steam, so that's interesting. Um, but hey, good good for them, I guess. Finding a second life for that game. I mean, it's okay. It did suffer from being on console when I played it originally. So I'd like to try it again, but I probably can't be bothered to buy it. Yeah, and then let's see, December. Oh, boy. <laughs> Uh, I'm actually very excited for Mutant Year Zero. I did not realize that game was out. I thought it was coming out early this year. So that's kind of exciting. Um, yeah, I think that was neat. I never saw this before. Yeah, it is. It's very XCOM-esque. Uh, oh, considering the other but... options is Just Cause 4, which is just getting panned. Yeah. Atlas, which is you know, Ark uh, Survival Evolved uh, DLC. Uh, to the point where on the release version, or, or sorry, I should say release and massive sarcasm quotes because early access and they delayed it, what, three, four times before releasing it? Uh, if you press down on the D-pad one uh, uh, too many times uh, when you had a controller plugged in, 
It would take you to a hidden menu to access the ARC Survival Evolved menu to start up a new game. <laughs> nice. Oh. Yeah. And then Insurgency. I mean, I've played Insurgency before. Sandstorm, I assume, is like DLC or an expansion or a sequel. I don't really I think it's a sequel. Really care. Kingdom Two Crowns uh, is interesting, but I'm looking at this other one, which is uh, not in English. But it is also kind of interesting that we have what two games that are not in English at all in this. That's cool, actually. I really like seeing that. Um, it's nice to see that other markets, other than the United States and Europe, and I guess Australia, are are breaking in more into the Steam marketplace. Um, you know, I still would like to see other competition to Steam rise up, but uh, it's still good to see increased variety in the market that Steam has. Might get some interesting stuff out of that, mm-hmm. you know? So that's that for the new releases, best new releases in terms of sales by month. Um, yeah, so let's just go overall top sellers. Okay. So, so uh, this is uh, broken down into tiers and then randomized. So the top, uh, the platinum tier is the uh, f- uh, first through 12th, then gold is 13th through 24th, silver is 25th through 40th, and bronze is 41st through 100. So let's just start off with the platinum tier. Any big surprises here? Not really. Monster Hunter World? Uh, well, not, uh, I, I'm not surprised to see Monster Hunter World up here with how big it was on release. To be fair, it did drop off fairly quickly, at least news-wise, but I think that had a big enough impact at the start that it's not a surprise to me. I'm, I'm not surprised that it's on the list overall, but I was expecting it to be probably in gold or silver. I would expect, so. if we had these bod actual rank... That is probably the the one on the bubble. I think that's the fair one. Probably, because these other titles... uh, uh, So GTA, Warframe, Rocket League, probably... Yeah, well, Warframe uh, is not a surprise because they had a major expansion uh, late in the year. I mean, Warframe was on Platinum last year, or Gold? It it was on Platinum, I believe. But... Yeah, Warframe's holding steady up there. And good for them. And uh, GTA, yeah, it's just... Stupid! <laughs> How much money that Fuck makes? Fuck those guys! Uh, and, oh, sorry. Uh, Counter Strike uh, Global Offensive is not a surprise, especially since they went complete free to play. Yep. Maybe Far Cry Five is a little uh, a bit of a surprise to have it in the gold tier, or sorry, in the platinum tier. And Elder Scrolls Online, actually, having that in the platinum tier. So, yeah, but I mean, nothing too noteworthy from me, like. A lot of big AAA titles. Uh, now the question is uh, the biggest free to play games on Steam. Mm-hmm. I was going to say the so. question is: Is Player Unknown's Battlegrounds going to be in the platinum tier next year? Ooh, good question. Because I don't think so. It, but it is starting I could be wrong. to peak, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think it's already peaked. I'm not gonna like. I mean, I don't think the game is like dying right now, but I think it's peaked and it's headed down. Uh, gold tier. Uh, yeah. Jurassic World Evolution, interesting to see there. Um, although, I mean, people have been clamoring for this sort of game for a while, so maybe not so much of a surprise to see it there. But, I mean, it wasn't, like, a great or amazing game on release. I think so it's a... I suspect... Oh, sorry, go ahead. As I say, I suspect it's just Jurassic Park carrying it. Yeah, I think uh, the one that's a bit of a surprise for me is actually Kingdom Come Deliverance. Not because of it being a good game, but because, for one, it was early in the year. 
And second, it is kind of in that weird double A uh, area. So I would have expected it in the silver tier, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Black Desert Online also. Like, I mean, that's a pretty big MMO. Um, originally a free-to-play MMO, but, you I mean, you buy into it mm-hmm. on Steam. Um, just interesting to yeah, see Total that. Total War Warhammer 2 is also in uh, interesting in the gold tier because it's a grand strategy. Because usually yeah. that genre is down in the silver or bronze tier. So just having a grand strategy up there at all is interesting. Uh, Ark Survival Evolved holding on to the gold tier is also kind of interesting because that one's been kind of just kind of uh, slowly uh, tapering off, it seems. Uh, news-wise, at least. City yeah. Skyline's also Happy to see Divinity, well, too. I was going to say City Skyline's holding on uh, to the gold tier is also uh, a good sign for continued support. Yeah. Um, anything else or down to the silver tier? Not really. Uh, did, 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 so, yeah, you mentioned Jurassic World Evolution, so yeah. So in the silver tier, few interesting things here. Frostpunk, that's awesome that an indie game of of its level or, you know, uh, just sort of how it popped up out of nowhere this year. Seeing that in the silver tier is pretty awesome. That makes me happy. Um, it looks like a very interesting game. Uh, Euro Truck Simulator up there, probably because they had... Did they have one or two major DLCs this uh, year? I don't remember. I know they had at least one. I was going to say it's a little sad to see Team Fortress 2 slip to silver. Uh, no Man's Sky in silver. Interesting to see. Um, you know, they've had a pretty big comeback this year with how much... You know, I've talked about it a couple times. How much yeah, work but I think a lot in. of their player base is the ones that held on from the original release. Yeah, the next update, a lot of that brought a lot of people back. That was something that I saw a lot of people being like, "Oh, it's awesome now, buy it." So, because I mean, none of the stuff they've released up to this point has, you know, you've had to pay for. Mm-hmm. You just get buy the game and you get all of that. I don't know DLC or expansion content or whatever. Um, so, I mean, those would be all first time game sales this year. So. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be the original player base because yeah, there's nothing for them to spend money on. Uh, uh, Subnautica. Yeah. I've heard a lot of good things about Subnautica. Happy to see that in the silver tier. Uh, nothing else. Uh, Ghost Recon is probably interesting to see. Uh, Ghost Recon Wildlands, just because it was kind of panned when it released. So the, the yeah, fact that I think it, this... the fact that it made to the silver tier is more interesting than it being in the silver tier. I think earlier this year during one of the sales, you could get, I don't remember if it was like one of those things, it's like buy the game and get some DLC free or buy the DLC and get some other something free. But they did like a get something free with it. And I think a lot of people picked it up then because it was like, ah, yes, great value. Yeah. But and and also uh, Fallout 4 hanging on to the silver tier. Because that game's been out forever now. Yeah. Three years? Four years? Something like that. It came out in 2015. A little disappointed to see Final Fantasy XV in the silver. Yeah. But also... It's also a more niche title, and also... It's not exactly a light game to play. Yeah. There could also be some pretty big apprehension, because all the Final Fantasy games, which I know they're ports... Well, I mean, I guess they support too. Ports or remakes of the older ones are not good on steam um so there might be some apprehension about that too hard to say though 
So now on to the bronze, which is the rest of everything. So, so I'm just going to go through and look at this real quick for a minute. Um, I'm going to call out a few titles that I see that I think are interesting. Uh, Human Fall Flat, uh, making it to the bronze tier is interesting because that well, that was a little tiny game that kind of blew up when they introduced co-op. Yeah. Uh, Sims 3, that game that's, what, 10 years old yeah, now? Really. I know it's got a million DLCs. That's probably a huge part of it, but I think that's telling that Sims 4, nowhere to be found. Although I think you, you can't get that on Steam, can you? No, you can't. I'll get that through. Yeah. People playing Sims 3. Yeah. Uh, Stardew Valley, Slay the Spire, and RimWorld, three very good indie games in the bronze tier. Uh, and, right. uh, Gary's mod. Terraria still hanging on to the bronze tier after all the all these years and all these major sales. Skyrim on here. Just continuing to just sell crazy amounts. Uh, uh, Hearts of Iron 4. Yeah. That's cool. See that type? I mean, that's a super niche title. Yeah, really. Darkest Dungeon. Uh, glad to see that. Billions. Battle Tech. Battle Tech. In the bronze makes me very happy. Uh, there billions. A very also niche title. Interesting to see For Honor here, but I mean, they did give the game away, mm-hmm. or did they make it free? They made it free with uh, paid DLC or paid customizations. But the thing is that. Uh, I'm not sure if you could buy the points on Steam or not. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't actually. Uh, well, looked, you can because I got uh, it. Well, you can get the starter edition. So uh, th- no, that's what they did. Is that they had a free giveaway for a Tom. So it's still pay in to get it, but Planet Coaster. Oh man, they got multiple year passes. Oh, it's horrendous. Borderlands Two. Darkest Dungeon. Should you see that back on here? Uh, yeah, Dark was, Souls well, Remastered. Say, Dark Souls. Uh, Borderlands 2 as well. Europa Universe is uh, for another uh, very niche title. Factorio, which our our community has been playing a lot the last couple of weeks. I wanted to join in while I had time off, but that was when I had the flu, so I, I missed the Factorio time. It's okay, though. It's probably for the best for my time and let's see poundage is on here world of warships which debuted on steam this year uh obviously that would be all microtransactions no i did not say civ 5 i didn't see it i must have missed it that that's telling (laughs) yeah although civ 6 was up at the top the new expansion was in the yeah but there's also a very big departure gameplay wise from how they handled cities uh, between the two so it may be people uh checking out civ 6 and then going back to civ 5 or uh, pick up civ 5 on sale because it goes pretty cheap on sale yeah or you know having their kind of uh interest peaked by civ 6 but getting civ 5 because it goes so cheap yeah oh no it's interesting there's nothing else really on here that I'm seeing that's picking up my peaking my interest one way or the other. I give it another quick once over, make sure I didn't miss anything. But I'm not seeing anything. A couple sports titles yeah. down here in the bronze: Football Manager and NBA 2K19. Gary's mod. I said that oh, earlier. I didn't catch it then. That's okay. Uh, don't starve together. Also in the bronze tier. But yeah, 
So the last list is the uh, early access right? graduates. No, so or games that left early access. Right. Uh, measured by gross sales. So, so RimWorld, uh, platinum tier, obviously. <laughs> uh, actually, RimWorld was uh, uh, listed as the top rated game on Steam, bar none. <laughs> so, and, and, you know, I do a small series on RimWorld, so of course I've got to mention that one, right? Oh, yeah. Dead Cells uh, is also... Northgard? What's that? Well, I was going to say Dead Cells is also a very uh, good Metroidvania-esque game. Is Dead Cells the one that caused the controversy with the guy who got fired for plagiarism? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it, it kind of got... That's it, how I remember that game. Yeah, I kind of got an unexpected boost in notoriety. Probably the most yeah. interesting one in uh, the Platinum tier were those two. One is Chinese Parents, which, yo, no idea what the fuck. And the other one is Wallpaper Engine 3. The, the two oddballs, right? Yeah. Customized wallpapers. It's supposed to be a very powerful uh well program. I have to check that out. It's three ninety nine. Probably was like a dollar on the sale. Mm-hmm. Oh well. Check that out later. But it but, uh, Conan Exiles. but what it does is a three D modeling and stuff as well. You could look at the uh, thing and you could see it's on the desktop and it's uh like a car rotating, for example. Yeah, you know, uh, it's uh, well. You know that uh, you know some of the scenes in Iron Man, and they have the background, uh, the wallpaper moving around, like that. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah, I could go for, go for this, at some point. Um, Conan's really the only interesting thing in the platinum. Just I don't, I don't know why it just is like oh hey Conan. I don't know novelty of it, gold. Uh, we happy few. Yeah, yeah. What a disappointment that was. Not because the game was bad; it was just marketed poorly. They uh, they had such an interesting trailer, and then the game actually released, and it was something completely different. They teased it as a Bioshock esque game by showing off the uh, the entering uh, uh, the first little bit. And then it opens up into a survival game that is kind of bland. Yeah. And it's such a disappointment because it's such an interesting world, but they did about the worst thing possible with it. Yeah. Uh, Wreckfest. Yeah, I was about to jump into I have had class. access to this game for years. I had it back when it was called Next Car Game. Yeah, I'm- Wish I jumped on it back. And it's alpha. I wish I jumped on it back then, but I didn't. And now it's you know a forty five dollar title. I'm not willing to pay that much for a racing game, even though I do enjoy my racing games not that much. Uh, Teartech, Teartech's a lot of fun. Um, I've had that game for a while, played it a couple of times, and then set it aside until it was done with early access. (laughs) So that happened this year. So I guess I'll be playing that. I'm sorry, I just saw the one of the games on here. H1Z1. Oh. They actually got it out of early access. Yay. Like three years too late. (laughs) And the fact that it's, you know, originally H1Z1 was uh, open world survival uh, uh, that turned into kind of 
pseudo battle royale before battle royale was a thing then they decided eh, let's just go and go with battle royale instead and forget all the uh, yeah zombie nonsense giant griefer simulator <laughs> wow nothing else on here that really like, i'm sorry I, i'm just looking at all list. the uh, thumbs down on uh h1z1 it's hilarious oh okay so silver tier star traders a game that i have um and have like very briefly checked out and here i thought you would have went immediately after general jousting <laughs> so uh star traders i need to install that and check it out again now that it's out of early access it was okay from what i played before but when i played it it was relatively early in development a lot of stuff wasn't finished and yeah, nothing's really jumping out at me here on this uh, Park Architect, uh, I didn't realize it actually left early access. It's more on the roller coaster tycoon side of things than anything else. Uh, it, it's kind of weird how we get games that release in kind of pairs, doesn't it? Yeah. And I just realized that the best early access grads only goes down to silver. <laughs> Was there that few? I guess so. I did, I, games I was just staying early access a long time. Uh, see H1Z1 as an example. Yeah. Uh, J- Jalopy is supposed to be a very interesting kind of road trip game. You don't see many road trip games, actually. Apparently I own Jalopy. Didn't know that. <laughs> but its little little thing is green, which means I own it. Maybe I should play that. Yeah, it's supposed to be a very over here to Steam. interesting experience. Jalopy, yep. Install. Only 844 megabytes to download. Judgment uh, Apocalypse uh, Survival Simulation. That's an interesting game when I did it on the Sunday Sampler. It's kind of taking some ideas from RimWorld on its uh, uh, base management uh, system. But then they throw in... uh, these weird missions. It's kind of putting together two odd halves of a game. I mean, it works, but at the same time, it's just strange. Right. But, it, yeah, it's definitely a very niche title. Still got a couple of yeah, these. that's about it, isn't it? Yeah, nothing else interesting for me on here. That's a so glory we'll that. somewhat interesting, but it's... It's a tiny build game, so, you know, they're, they're, that's going to be weird to be in with, huh? Yeah. All right. So, the most played, this is the last list, the games with the highest peak simultaneous Yeah, then we're done padding out the show. This year. Over 100,000 yeah. <laughs> simultaneous players. Let's just list these off. GTA Five, sure. Monster Hunter, uh, Realm Royale, Dota 2, Team Fortress 2, which is a little surprising that, yeah, that's still up there. Uh, Counter-Strike Global Offensive, Warframe, Rainbow Six Siege, Path of Exile, and PlayerUnknown Battlegrounds. Any real surprises yeah, there? No. Uh, outside of, uh, for me, no. Team Fortress 2 at this point. Because that is a game that's kind of just at uh, uh, the end of its life cycle. It's kind of stagnating. Yes, it did have a, a, a fairly significant update. I think at the end of, well, not last year, but year before. But, you know, there's not a lot more going on with it. So I'm a little surprised that it's still up there at this point. 
So next here is over 50,000. So yeah, now we're starting to get into the kind of the meat of things. Yep. Do you just want to want to go through all these two? I can I can read okay. this list. Uh Dead by Daylight, Football Manager 2019, Kingdom Come Deliverance, Gary's Mod, Atlas, No Man's Sky, Scum, Farming Simulator 19, Dress World Evolution, uh Stellaris, Payday 2, the Civ 6 expansion, Rocket League, Ring of Elysium, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Civ 5, Football Manager 2018, Far Cry 5, Artifact, Rust, Ark Survival, uh, The Scroll of Taiwu, Subnautica, Warhammer Vermintide 2, and Stardew Valley. Uh, not really any major surprises. Maybe Stardew Valley to get that high player count. Because, you know, it is yeah. a little bit of a niche title still. Even though there is a mod now that adds bo- Battle Royale. And no, I'm not joking. Eh, of course. I think it's awesome that Kingdom Come Deliverance had over 50,000 some ma- things. Maybe I should That's take that cool. back on uh, Stardew Valley because they did add the co-op mode uh, this past year. So that would add to the player count. Yep. Uh, okay. Seeing Rust up there still is actually a little bit surprising to me. Uh, it's not surprising to see Atlas up there. It'll be interesting to see if it's up there next year because Atlas was being very, very hyped by you know, a lot of Twitch streamers before it released, and it's lost about half its uh, peak player base. But yeah, uh, yeah. There, there's. I'm not sure what it is about the survival genre that just kind of has this nomadic group that follows around every major release. Well, they're, you know, moving to a new place and surviving there. Only this right. time with pirates. Next list. Aren't very piratey. Pirates who don't do anything. All right, the next list. Over 25,000 simultaneous players. Yeah, now we're starting to get some more chunky groups here. Yep. Um, oh, as I do a mic hit when I get to scratch my chin. <laughs> big old chunky mic hit. Uh, I'll read on this one too. Hearts of Iron 4, Human Fall Flat, Battletech, woo, Unturned, Arma 3, NBA 2K18, Elder Scrolls Online, Counter-Strike, just Counter-Strike, War Thunder, Don't Starve Together, The Witcher 3, Chinese Parents, Bless Online, Two Point Hospital, NBA 2K19, Divinity 2, Europa Universalis 4, DayZ, Frostpunk, The Forest, H1Z1, City Skylines, Left 4 Dead 2, Conan Exiles, Slay the Spire, Terraria, Totally Accurate Battlegrounds, Maple Story 2, Tomb Raider, or Shadow of the Tomb Raider, rather, Dragon Ball Fighters. Uh, Final Fantasy 15, Paladins, Skyrim, uh, Killing Floor 2, Fallout 4, World of Tanks, Total War, Warhammer 2, Euro Truck, yay, Rimworld, and Seven Days to Die. Not really any big surprises here. Maybe Untuned or Unturned. 
but it's also a free to play mm-hmm. game. Right. Yeah. No. No real major surprises. Maybe Daisy's me. still holding on for that many players. <laughs> the uh, original Counter Strike. I find that interesting because, as far as I know, most people play Counter yeah, true. Uh, CS:GO. But, well, but I guess not. Maybe mods. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What was this one? Although oh, I mean, CS goes up at the top of the list, yeah. so. All right, I will let you get the last one. Yeah, I was just looking to see if there was any other surprises, but not really. Okay, so over 15,000. So you you leave me with the chunky list. So expect to have a few cough uh, interruptions here. Uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links, Assassin's Creed Origins, Black Squad, Sniper Elite 4, Tom Clancy to the Division, Raft, Quake Champions. Some of these I have to mouse over. Brahalla, uh, XCOM 2, and some of them have the own wish list. Or, yeah, uh, 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 is also kind of blocking things. Uh, they are Billions, Dying, Dying Light, Age of Empires HD Edition, which is a bit of a surprise for me. Uh, Total War Saga, Threads of Britannia, Borderlands 2, Vampire, Enter the Gungeon, VR Chat, Black Desert Online Remastered, Call of Duty World War II, Rome 2, uh, Crusader Kings 2, Battle Right, Smite, Skyrim, Farming Simulator 17, Darkest Dungeon, Dark Souls 3 for Honor, Dark Souls uh, Remastered, Sword Art Online, Fatal Bullet, Shadowverse CCG, Pathfinder Kingmaker, Surviving Mars, Factorio, Graveyard uh, Keeper, X4 Foundations, Pillars of Eternity 2 Deadfire, Battalion 1944, and Ghost Recon Wildlands. I would say Battle, uh, uh, sorry, uh, Borderlands 2 hanging on for this long is kind of surprising to me. Yeah. Um. And I did mention, uh, Age of Empires 2 HD Edition being up there. I mean, remember, this is 15,000 players simultaneously. Or 15,001 or higher. VR chat isn't a surprise. I mean, it that became a meme for uh, Twitch for quite a while. I'm not sure if it still is. Surviving Mars may be a little bit of a surprise I would say for uh, me. maybe X4 Foundations, just because it released so late in the year. Yeah, same. I was, I was going to say that, too. Because it just released in, like, December? Yeah. End of November? First of December? Something uh, like that? November 30th. Yeah. So, yeah, I only had December to get above 15,000. And, uh, and oh. most games, uh, you know, have their peak at the beginning and then taper off. I think X4 or the X series is kind of backwards because a lot of players won't buy it at the beginning because they know that the initial release is uh, so buggy that it may as well be coded by Bethesda. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Uh, but, yeah, it seemed like this one uh, got a good player base from the start. What, what? It has been a very long time, because X3, or no, X... Uh, re, uh, ah, reunion? Uh, uh, rebirth? rebirth? I think it's Rebirth. X Rebirth was not wow. a mainline X game that had cut a lot out. No, no, so. no, 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 no. I just looked at the player count on uh, X4. Okay, so, yeah. and so they have dropped a lot of players. They're all-time peak. They made the bubble barely fifteen thousand seventy four. Nice. Well, hey, good, 
good for them. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's been a long time since there's been a mainline X title. So, I mean, basically they were like, hey, we're going to do X3, but with the graphics from X Rebirth and some of the other stuff that you guys like. And, I mean, basically that's what they did, except it's, you know, it's usual bugginess. But looks real good. Can't wait to buy it in, like, two years, maybe, when all the expansions are out. Mm-hmm. I'll be down. Play that shit all day long. Um, but anyways, yeah. I mean, that's all the um, lists. Maybe Room 2 being on here as well. Because that's a bit of an older one, isn't it? And Crusader Kings 2. Rome 2 is 2013. Crusader Kings is Sorry, I was just sitting here looking at the list some more because because it's randomized. Yeah. Uh, Shadowverse CCG. Uh, seeing another CCG uh, up here is kind of interesting, even though ooh, it's you know, not looking good for player base. It seems like uh, it's well, pretty much... Well, I mean, Shadowverse... Sorry, I was going to say, it looks Sorry. like it's pretty much Hearthstone or Gwent for... Uh, card games on PC right now? Yes, but Shadowverse also connects you with people playing on mobile, and through their own launcher you can download, so, I mean, I, I, you know, I play it through Steam, but I mean, I think most people play it via mobile. So. Yeah, I don't, uh, I think that does it for the Steam, basically, 2018 report. So. See you guys in a uh, year. That'll, yeah. See you guys next year when we talk <laughs> about this again. We'll see what's on there. But uh, yeah, um, did we have? I, I put community corner on there. Do we actually have anything? We didn't have any emails. Uh, Do we have any tweets? We or anything? did have a couple of tweets. Uh, okay. Well, then let's go ahead and scoot it on over to that. Okay. So Cube was asking. So ETE for the twenty six hundred is not going to be on the game club. Cube, <laughs> fuck you. I've actually played the ET game, like old school. Well, you well original. now you have the ET game. It was, it was baffling to me, and I couldn't understand it. But I was also a small child. Supposedly, if you read the instructions, it makes absolutely no sense. Right. And then Kyle has to t- uh, chime in with uh, you know Factorio stuff. Lucky to set up my first 40 megawatt reactor in Factorio soon. Next few hours of gameplay. After that, I only have 11 hours to get to the Covex enrichment process before it would have been more efficient to just go solar fishing. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, so uh, I, I understand some of those words. Yeah, I understood those words. Yeah, I was enjoying playing Factorio again when it was you know, with people that had no idea what the hell they were doing. Maybe that's part of the problem, you know? I need people yeah. as uh, unskilled as I am. And and just to live up to the stereotype, I had one hell of a coal plant going. <laughs> yeah. At one point, they, ju- they just said, Rage, you can stop with the coal now. <laughs> because I had the conveyor belt feeding into the main system completely backed up with coal. <laughs> And Renfield Run started uh, tearing up my uh, my baby. <laughs> no, 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 not those lines. But yeah, if you wish yeah, to contribute to the community corner, you can do so VGL Podcast at gmail.com or just tweet us VGL Podcast on the Twitter. 
And uh, since we are on the community corner, uh, we've had a spammer in Discord that's popped up a few times, and I'm actively hunting that fucker now. I don't know why it's popping up now. It started around New Year's. I've pruned pretty much every single active invite going to the Discord, with the exception of the one that's on the VGL site itself. I'm not sure if it's just, yep, a, the one that you had active went uh, on some sort of list or something, or if you pasted it somewhere and just some sort of bot found it eventually. But yeah, it's been interesting trying to find that uh, little fucker taking care of him. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't know where it came from. I haven't posted anything that has the, you know, the, the, the discord link. I'm not, what is it? The permanent discord mm -hmm. link. In some time, but I mean, you know, it could have been found somewhere. Yeah, well, you know, well, Reddit or whatever. Uh, it's popped up five times now, and on the fourth time, I realized, wait a minute, I could just look to see where these guys are coming from. So I took a quick screenshot of uh, our invite links because each one has a different counter. And then, well, uh, when it popped up again, oh, look, uh, that one has a uh, count on it. It's that one. Oh, that's the one you made. Huh. I wonder where that is. But it's also the most used one, so it's tough to say. Yeah. Or I should say it was. Because it's dead now. Just just like my will of going through the discovery queue, but let's do it anyway. Because, you know, Steam sale. <laughs> so, yep. doobly-doo? Uh, we can, we can run through one real quick. I am starting to get a little sleepy. Sleepy, sleepy. Yeah, let's just see if there's actually anything good because I went through a lot of discovery queues during the Steam Summer or, or well, Steam Summer Sale in the Southern Hemisphere. The Steam Winter Sale. Okay, here's something interesting, and I'm not sure why Steam is being so sluggish for me today. Posable Heroes. Posable Heroes is a physics game about making animations. Pose your characters and simulate the world to see what happens. Interesting concept. Uh, what was that fighter back in the day? Oh, there was a 3D fighter that uh, instead of controlling the actual fighter, instead you control different muscle groups of the fighter. That's interesting. Oh, I'm, I think it's Tori Bash, actually. Now that I think about it. Yes, it is. I got it. <laughs> I know I've linked you this before, but essentially all the fighters are made out of different, like, uh, groups of, uh, well, balls that uh, that simulate muscle groups. So, in other words, to be able to do, like, a high kick, you have to move your fighter in such a way to shift their weight to one leg and then extend the muscles in, a, in the proper way. So, and it all yeah. works in a turn-based uh, sim. Uh, in uh, turn basis, so or, or at, as turns with each turn taking a few seconds of time, sort of like how Frozen Synapse did it with simultaneous turns. So if you're yeah. playing against another person, they also would be controlling their character and doing the same thing. So this looks kind of like that general idea of you know a physics based uh, thing, only they're doing it through uh, animation instead. That's a really neat idea. I like that. Not sure how good it is. It looks like it only has a handful of reviews, but I like it. 
I'm 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 a nice. fan of weird weird games like this. Well, I got one, and I'm surprised I did honestly, because I also went through my discovery queue like a million times. Uh, Empyrean Frontier, <coughs> space, sci-fi RTS. Looks great, at least in visuals. Don't know about gameplay. It's got positive. Re- oh, it's only got six reviews. <laughs> I was gonna say it's got some positive reviews, but there's only six. Yeah, what I'm getting is you know games that have a, just a handful of reviews. Yeah, Steam is just being incredibly sluggish for me tonight, and I'm not sure why. Oh, dear God. Really? I'm sorry, but... This may be an entry for next year's uh, Steam... uh, Steam... uh, Steam access being a complete and utter mistake, and I'm going to put it on the list just to highlight this. Peg. You know the uh, little tabletop... uh, uh, golf tee games that yeah uh, essentially that only it does look like they offer more than that but it's just why wow. it's 49 cents that's why yeah Egg. I mean it's better than what I thought it was at first because the first screenshot I saw was literally you know the you know the T or sorry the triangle with the, the triangle yeah. at every cracker barrel you ever go exactly. to exactly Looks like it's a little different. It says blue eats blue, red eats red, so you can't just like take one yeah. and jump for all of them. Huh. Well, yep, that's my cue. I only got one game. Oh, I got an and... interesting one, but it looks like it's a yeah, bottom barrel game. But this is actually a game that is on my pitch a game idea, only I don't mm-hmm. think that it's exactly what I wanted out of this. So I'm going to put it on here anyway. But one of my ideas for pitch a game was a uh, a tycoon style game where you're building up a software developer or game developer. Yeah, sort of like how, well, in this case, Game Dev Studios does. Only instead of yep. this, uh, it's working on the interpersonal relationships. So, you know, the office politics. And you have to try to manage the office politics and while still maintaining a proper business in get shipping product. This looks interesting, but it looks like yeah, pretty much every single one of these that's out there. So yeah, Steam is just. I've seen Game Dev Studio before. Actually, I own Game Dev Studio. I've just never played it. Yeah, sorry. Steam is just being so sluggish for me today. I'm not sure why. Uh, I have two more to go through. Come on. I just happened to sit there and wait every single time. And I'm not sure why. Fine. Yeah. Oh, wow. I got a lot of shit on the end of that. But, yeah. Maybe uh, maybe next week things will be back to some uh, somewhat normal. Maybe I shouldn't put Peg on the uh, you know, uh, Steam access was a mistake. Because, you know, uh, uh, looking at it again, I-, I guess maybe I was put off by that first screenshot, you know? Yeah, I mean the first screenshot does look just exactly like the regular triangle one, especially it's... since it's a forty-nine cent game, you know, or a dollar game. Yeah. So yeah, it makes a horrible, horrible first impression. So yeah, maybe I'm being a little really harsh, especially considering some of the shit that's on that list. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that brings us to the portion of the podcast where I go first and telling you where to find my stuff. If you want to find me on the YouTubes, you can do so by searching for Gaming Psychologist. 
If you want to find me on Twitter, where you can see me tweet about all kinds of whatever I tweet about, uh, which can vary daily, you can follow me at JMA4707. If you want to be my friend on Steam, chat me up about whatever, you can send a friend request to JoeArthur4707. I accept all friend requests from the lovely listeners of the group. And yes. (laughs) And you jumped right in. And if you wish to let them know exactly what episode of the podcast you're coming from, the password for this week is Dead Horse. <laughs> nice. I think that's I think that's fair at this point, right? Yeah. Because damn. <laughs> we took what, a three week break and still came back to Fallout News? How? Yep. Magic. Really black magic. What about you, buddy? Where can they uh, find your oh, stuff on the well, interwebs? I'm still in kind of restart mode because I was in the process of restarting and got sick. And, well, with the number of edits that was on this particular episode, it's probably understandable why I'm not in back up to full power yet, right? Yeah. Because I've had some interesting noises and, yeah. So, I got RimWorld, the first PlayStation, up and running, and then illness hit me. I'm going to be getting on that again, so we'll get that up and set. I have my games I want to do for uh, the uh, A block, which has been you know dormant since, like, what, September now? <laughs> yeah. So, I'm hoping to get back up to full power soon, and... Mudrunner, I can render out, but let's just go ahead and hold off for a week on that and uh, get some you know, more game time in because we don't have much in the can on that, do we? Nope. So, yeah, uh, content will be returning again. Oh, but damn, right? Yeah, sorry. Right. Yeah, and the same could be said by my Twitch because I haven't streamed on there in ages just because I hadn't been feeling it and also just illness and been focusing on YouTube because that's my primary thing. So, yeah. But I will eventually get back to Twitch, but if you wish to know when I'm doing so, you can find me over on the Twitter. Twitch is... I should probably give my account soon enough. Because we are probably. way out of practice That'd on be this. Helpful. Uh, Game with Caffeine Rage on the YouTubes. Caffeine underscore Rage on Twitch. And I'm gaming with CR on the Twitter and you can see me tweet random nonsense. I've been doing a little bit of spring cleaning, and I've been finding random artifacts. But hey, I, I found a, a coin. So if I get stuck in a Elder Scrolls game, I'm uh, you know I'm at least one coin up. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was going through boxes, and uh, I heard something rattling. You know how a coin in a box sounds. And I pulled it out. And I thought, wait a minute, is that? That's right. I had the Oblivion Collector's Edition. I forgot I had this. I gotta go put this on Twitter. <laughs> but yeah, I'm doing a little bit of spring cleaning, trying to reorganize the place and make it a little bit more, well, organized because that's the entire point of reorganizing the place. So uh, Random Nonsense will be on Twitter at least for quite a while because oh, my living room's a disaster right now. On the plus side, I definitely don't have any echoes going on because <laughs> there's so much junk in here. 
At least I hope there's no echoes going on. I don't I don't hear any echoes. Uh but yeah, Gamer C are on the Twitter for my random content there. And speaking of random content, let's just do a random segue right into the ending spiel as I scroll all the way back up to the top, because we should put that on the bottom, because that makes a lot more sense. Once again, if you wish to contact us, you could do so at bglpodcast at gmail.com with your letters, voicemails, gaming-related topics, or you could just tweet them to us at bglpodcast on the Twitter. Our lovely, lovely patrons help pay for this absolute madness. You can find more on patreon.com slash vglpodcast, which also pays for our Podbean account, vglpodcast.podbean.com, which has the show notes, the RSS feed. Right now, the only active link to Discord, as far as I know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I will be looking into a proper vetting process to try to weed out the spammers, because I don't know why, just suddenly this past couple weeks, or actually the past week has been real bad. But yeah, uh, it also, the uh, Podbean account also has links to all our media and all the VGL podcast stuff. So good place to go find, well, everything us. But if you wish to have us in a different place, you could do so on iTunes, Google Play, or your podcatcher of choice or aggregator of choice or whatever. Our intro and outro music is On the Ground by Ken McLeod and doobly-doo by the same artist is our Discovery Q music. His work can be found at Incomputech.com and... As always, as his lovely music starts to roll across my voice. Bye-bye now. See ya!